Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks at Chairshot Radio Network in conjunction with TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And please use your heads this weekend and go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot and pick up an official Chairshot t-shirt. We've got something for everybody. And it is 4th of July weekend, so perhaps if you type in like USA or America or something like that, you might get something off. It won't I'm not work. sure, but it can't hurt to try. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. 
I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues, Andrew Belass and the Commissioner PC Tunney. And folks, we're doing something a little different tonight for the 4th of July weekend with both AEW and NXT trotting out special shows this week, Fighter Fest and the Great American Bash, respectfully or respectively. We're going to do a live watch-along of both shows. And speaking so of you're that, gonna, you're yeah, gonna get our... here, it's happening right now. I can't help myself. Why is MJF wearing his grandmother's bathrobe to the ring? Look at that fucking pink thing. He looks like his grandma in a bathrobe. And now grandma's bits and pieces are hanging out of the bottom. That's disgusting, BT-Dub. I didn't wear it. Don't blame me. This is a watch-along. I'm telling people what I'm watching. <laughs> All right, so we're just getting right into it, folks. Yes, that's what's happening. MJF is wearing his grandmother's bathrobe to the ring for some odd reason, and her bits and pieces are hanging out. Like, that's literally. You know, I'm glad that's what caught your attention, because I've got Tegan Knox on Great American Bash, and I'd much rather be distracted by what she's wearing. I've turned my head to that entrance, yes. Hi, I'm PC Tony. Hi, Andrew Belaz. How are you? Oh, hello, PC Tony. Yes, I'm Andrew Belaz. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's, there's some nice cars to go along with Tegan Knox's nice brown leather jacket, and now Dakota Kai comes out too. So that's a lot better than looking at a, yeah, yeah, MJF and his grandma's bathrobe and Wardlow doing whatever the hell the Wardlow does. So well, Cleveland's own Wardlow, BT Dub. <laughs> yeah, watch yourself, balls. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> throw, yeah, because Cleveland throw a little has respect all the on that stuff. Cleveland name. I mean, Cleveland yeah, doesn't cause... throw respect on that Cleveland name, so why should I? Oh, yeah, because Jersey's just a, a, a capital of a, a sanctity and, you know, a, a classiness and whatnot. Fuck out of here. All right, before, I get, be, before I get picked on before I get picked on here in Milwaukee, let's move on to a wrestling subject. How do you feel about the, the WWE countering Fighter Fest with Great American Bash? I mean, we knew it was going to happen, man. I mean, I think it's good counter-programming, especially coming off a week where they killed AEW in the ratings. Let's see if that trend will continue. Uh, they pulled out some big guns tonight. We're going to have Sasha Banks versus Aisharona, a.k.a. Io Shirai in our main event this evening. That's your pop rating. Or for those of you that watch this show, basically it's going to be Platt versus Belaz, or Belaz versus Platt, depending on how you want to say it. But Fair yeah, but, yeah, of course they would. Of course they would try to counter us, and especially pick up on that momentum. And you know it was a counter because, hell, we don't even have a card for next week. This is going to be a two-part thing, and the only thing, the only match we know that's going to happen on the bash next week is Keith Lee and Adam Cole, baby. But, Andrew, as the resident WCW marks of the chair shot, as you and I are, how do you feel about them reviving the Great American Bash name? I mean, it just feels weird to me. No Sting, no Luger, no Horseman, no Flair, no Dusty. This, I don't think this is the first time they've done it. But to be completely honest, I'm fine as long as we start getting a Halloween Havoc coming soon. I miss Halloween Havoc like a motherfucker. Like, those sets were cool. The, even the title card was cool. Let, let's let's get some Halloween Havoc. Let's figure out whatever that friggin' deal was where WCW didn't own it or Turner didn't own it or somebody else owned it. And let, let's revive that that name because that's a lot better than Great Balls of Fire or half of the other names that have come up with. Give us some Halloween Havoc, so, especially if we're still in quarantine in October. So now NXT is done, brought back in your house. It's done, brought back Great American Bash, both things that started as main roster things in your house long time ago. But Great American Bash has been used here or there for pay-per-views and things of that nature as well. Do you think Halloween Havoc would be best served as an NXT event? 
or a main roster event? I think it'd be best as an NXT event because the NXT talent would be more willing to play along with the Halloween outfit idea. Like, you would see a couple of them cosplay or dress up or do something different, and main roster tends to take themselves too damn seriously, or Vince would turn it into a kitty cash grab joke, or they'd have, like, you know, the Halloween trick-or-treat brawl with, like, you know, some members of the New Day and a jobber or two or Dolph Ziggler getting thrown somewhere, and it would, ju- it would be a joke. So I think NXT would do it justice, and... The roster itself would probably enjoy it a little more than the main roster. Platt, I agreed with him because I think you can get away with a more hokier concept and get it over down in NXT. Plus, NXT is more in line with what WCW was. I think the reason that, if I can speak for for Drew here for a minute, the reason that him and I were WCW marks was that they presented the product with a little more realistic bend to it. You know what I mean? They they they, yep. they 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 presented it as if it was an athletic contest. And I feel as if NXT is more in line in that vein than the main WWE roster. Now, maybe we can fact check this because hell we got two hours, but I, I know that WWE has done the bash in the past, but I don't know if they went great American in front of it as well. Oh, I, I mean I, I could No, I know wrong. they have for sure. Okay, okay. I'm a little behind here on the NXT, man. Goddamn internet. But um, so yeah. But so what I was gonna say before I was so rudely interrupted by PC and and MJF's grandmother robe. Hey man, just sit back, relax, crack open a cold one, roll up a fatty, and let's make it do what it do. I'm finna take a shot of kettle one, gentlemen. Please forgive me. I gotta smack that ass real quick. Hold on, let's get in on camera. Let's see, or not on camera, but let's see if they can actually hear me smacking the ass of the bottle. Did that come through? Oh, it did. I wasn't sure if you meant the Kettle One or exactly if you meant Amber. So I wasn't sure what we were getting on on Mike soon. So that was that was interesting. Thank you. Thank you. That's no, that's later. But no, just a it's a just a <laughs> stupid it's a stupid ritual that I've had since college. Before you crack open the bottle, you got to everybody that's going to be drinking it has to smack its ass. Fair Gee. enough. You know. Goofy traditions like that are nice. 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008. The Great American Bash. WWE's July or late June pay-per-view. There we go. So it hasn't Hello, been right. for a minute, but they did do it since that closed up. in 2012, so. the Great American Bash. Okay, so it, it's been a little bit, but it's it's been done. So that's good. Okay, cool. Yeah. WCW did it from 85 to 2000. Which makes sense. <laughs> you want to hear the main event? They didn't first? really have a June or July after that, so for you WCW marks, <laughs> let me run down the the main events there. Tully Blanchard versus Dusty Rhodes in a steel cage match for the NWA World Television Championship. That was 1985. 86 was Flair and Dusty Rhodes for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. 87, you had the Road Warriors, Dusty Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, and Paul Ellering. Taking on the Four Horsemen um, and the War Machine. I'm not sure who that is. Who were the Four Horsemen that, at a, the time? 1987. That's a War Games match, I believe. That was, was a War Games. Yes, definitely. Can you name the Four Horsemen at the time? July 1987. 87. I'm gonna go Flair, Arn, Tully, uh, Dylan, and uh, Wyndham. Uh, Dylan, I don't know. It's not on here. As of yet, but Wyndham's wrong as the four, as the third wrestler. Flair, Arn, and Tully are right. Andrew, was that 
the like twelve seconds that Sting was technically part of the Horsemen? No, uh, that's eighty-seven man. That'd probably be Luger. There you go. Not... There you go, Plaid. Yeah. No, Luger. Okay. Yeah. They were they were both in there for like twelve seconds. I couldn't remember which one was which. Yeah. And then speaking yeah. of Flair and Luger, they would fight each other for the NWA Heavyweight Championship the following year in eighty-eight. Flair would defend against Funk uh, in eighty-nine. Sting would take on Flair in ninety. 91, it was officially WCW. You had Rick Steiner versus Arn Anderson. Uh, that and, was Sting's and, title run, though, right? The I believe was so. was the one where he won it for the first time? Yes, in Baltimore. Uh, yeah. And, and I believe the... I didn't mean to cut you off, Tony, but I believe the, the year before, you said it was Flair and Luger, right? Correct. Well, that, that was, was two, two years, two years before. That, year. that was and two years before. Yep, yeah, yep. Two years before, 88. So, uh, yeah, and then Funk in between. Steiner versus Anderson and Paulie in a handicap match, Steel Cage. Um, what we, that Rick Steiner, by the way. That's odd. T- Terry Gordy and Steve Williams versus Dustin Rhodes wow. and Barry Windham in the tournament final for the NWA Tag Team Championship, 1992. Uh, wow. Next year, Flair and Savage, non-title match. Following year, the Giant would defend the title against Lex Luger. 97 saw Diamond Dallas Page versus Randy Savage in a Falls Count Anywhere match. 98 would be Sting versus the Giant for control of the WCW World Tag Team Championships. 1999, the second to last one in WCW, Kevin Nash would defend against Randy Savage for the world title. And in its final WCW year, June 11th in the year 2000, Jeff Jarrett defended against Kevin Nash with special guest enforcer, the cat, Ernest Miller. There you go. That's a little bit of a little bit of history on the like Great we, American Bash. I, I feel like one missed. I feel like wasn't there a Great American Bash where Savage and DDP main evented in like a false count anywhere or something like that? I just said Tony that. Tony said that. That was ninety-seven. I think he said. Oh, okay. Ninety-seven. Yeah, he said it. Well, that, that tells you how Moline, much I missed Tony. Yeah, I apologize, sir. Wow. It's okay. All right, we'll so let, let's actually get to the watch-along aspect of the show. So we, we've got Jungle Boy doing a big impressive dive on MJF and Wardlow trying to play the, the muscle enforcer on the AEW side. And on the NXT oh. side, it looks like Reverse the women's doorway, which was Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, and Candice LeRae, I guess it was an elimination match. I didn't really do a lot of my homework prior to watching this. I just kind of decided to take it as... You know, it came, but now it looks like we're down to the the two faces where Mia and Tegan shook hands, and now they're kind of going back and forth. Any any feelings on the two different matches, or who do you think's gonna win it in a uh, you know the women's match after Mia Yim does the Spider Man on the ropes just to bait in Tegan Knox? I'll I'll just say quick. I think two really uh, good matches to start each show. To be honest with you, I, the actions look good to me on both sides. I'm shocked that Candice LeRae didn't win this Fatal 4-Way. I just knew that's where we were heading, was a Candice LeRae-Aisharona match somewhere down the line. Ooh, the double yeah, tip-off. I agree that it's somewhere down the line, but I figured that would be a little little later because she doesn't have Woo! any momentum at the moment because they, they lost the uh, the Gargano really feud. The, the Garganos lost that feud kind of, and Keith Lee's got all the momentum in the world, especially going into that Adam Cole match, so... I didn't really expect any Candice LeRae at the moment, but who knows? I thought Dakota was eliminated. Maybe it's not elimination. I don't know. We'll Marco's not getting it's involved. Fun. It's been entertaining. It's been entertaining. 
can we talk about only how only heels can wear cool clothes and shit like that Johnny Gargano that white leather that he's rocking now since he turned heel that shit is fire Seth Rollins oh right in the Luchasaurus we might have a victory here no it kicks out the low blow by MJF does not prove successful MJF came out in his grandma's robe so that kind of goes against your whole heels wear cool stuff because he didn't pull that off I don't think anybody can pull off their grandma's robe so not true not true name somebody who can don't say you okay don't say you because we don't have the proof as just I you, you spitting game. I, I swear to God, I wasn't going to say me. I was going to say Richard Fleer. Oh, uh, Larry Johnson. Wait. Maybe y'all don't know who Richard Fleer is. I'm talking about Ric Flair. I'm talking about Grandmama, Larry Johnson. I, 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 that's who I thought he was talking about, Grandmama. And then I'm like, why are we mixing our, our sports like this, at the moment? Like this, this, kind of, this kind of shit from 99 right here. LJ, baby. And I don't know. I don't know if Flair could pull off his grandma's robe. Like his robes were designer. His robes were sweet. We've already like, seen Larry Johnson do it, bro. He wore a dress, not a robe. That's what yeah. I'm saying. He I went mean, even so, farther. So did Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman wore a fucking dress. And uh, Dennis didn't really pull off. it off. I don't think. No, I didn't I, like I the orange hair. Did. Yeah, but it was the hair that threw it off for you. That's what it was. But I mean, <laughs> Dennis is tall and statuesque and has legs, so he could pull off a dress well. And yeah, you're not wrong. Got weird. <laughs> now it's weird. It's a little bit weird, yes. But I mean, you're not wrong. Is that Rodman could pull off most oh! things because Jurassic Express okay. is is successful. I believe it was a standing uh, looked like a standing moonsault from Luchasaurus. Oh really? So, you're ahead of where I am because I just saw Wardlow do the Swanton. Well, here it comes. So the match is still and y'all are. Y'all are both ahead of me because I just saw Wardlow do the Swanton. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm watching non-nefarious. I'm watching non-nefarious live television on both, fellas. Well, my setup is not, you know, good for watching two shows at once. Yeah, there it is. That looks like a standing right moonsault. Oh, okay. So, so MJF tried to use a loaded fist. Uh. Luchasaurus ducks. He kicks MJF into Wardlow, so the fist hits him in a in a derpy kind of looking way. But apparently, it was supposed to work. Then we get an outside in Tornado DDT, and I guess here comes here comes the finish that Tunney was referring to, choke slam from so, Luchasaurus. So that's why it looked like MJF was holding because he had brass knucks in his in his tights. Correct, because that's how he won the match what a couple weeks ago or last week or that's also how i think yeah we beat cody but it wasn't it wasn't nux it was he used the, that diamond ring from whatever that battle royal or whatever he won was so he, he's been doing the old school loaded loaded fist kind of thing as most of its finish if it wasn't the the salt of the earth fujiwara armbar but yep now so, now i see that standing moonsault that makes more sense so, okay, so USA, they kind of hyped up the Great American Bash and said that it was going to be limited commercial interruptions, and yet and still, we are now on our second commercial, not even in the first 20 minutes. Well, isn't this well, something that WWE hasn't done, is split picture? I mean, isn't this more of an AEW thing? I don't believe NXT has been doing this. I think SmackDown is oh, the only yeah. one that's been doing this. 
No, they have. And, have they? And NXT just did a split picture. They did a Jake from State Farm commercial for it with a split picture. No, and I mean, before tonight, though, has NXT been doing this? I thought SmackDown NXT was the only one that's been doing it. doesn't do it as often as okay. SmackDown or AEW does picture-in-picture. Picture. Correct. But, Correct. but they, 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 they have to be front-loading their commercials, Chris. We, let, let, let's not eat for lunch on the commercials until, you know, we get to, like, the really marquee matches or anything that's supposed to be buzzworthy that people are going to complain if there's one or two. You know, okay, that, that, that's fair, Andrew. But goddamn it, we have to have something to talk speaking about. Speaking of, speaking of, all right. Well, speaking of, speaking of lunch, anything to argue about if we need. To. This is a cooking show. We are classified as a cooking show, and you brought up lunch. What's the last really good lunch you had? I had some pork belly bites, and some au jus that was phenomenal. It was charred and blackened on the outside, and fell apart when you picked it apart with the fork. And uh, another thing I had was uh, arancini, which was uh, some stuffed risotto uh, balls and then breaded and fried uh, with marinara on top of it. Fucking phenomenal appetizers. Oh, that does sound pretty fantastic. I mean, I, I had I had a nice say, uh, sausage ravioli with like an Alfredo sauce. So that that was that was pretty straightforward. It wasn't nearly as fancy sounding as yours, but shit, it was good and it was simple. So I'm not, I'm not upset with it. I had a uh, stuffed pepper. This is actually today. A stuffed uh, Ooh, pepper with stuffed turkey, pepper. meat, cheese, uh, wild rice, and uh, some air fried chicken wings. You got to have rice in the stuffed pepper with the with the whatever kind of ball of meat you have marinating in there, right? You got to have some kind of rice. Of course, yeah. And then the cheese on top, Ooh. and the way Amber does it. So you you make the meat like you're making some tacos or something like that, and then when it gets done, you stuff the meat in there. You make your wild rice or whatever kind of rice. You put some cheese on top, and then you put more meat and more rice on top, and then you put more cheese on top, and then you stick it in the oven and, and let it bake and let it do what it do. Yeah, uh, stuff stuffed peppers are fucking phenomenal. Green, always green. Mm -hmm. Not always green, but this time green. Yes. Yeah, I I don't know. I just like green because I feel like it's already something that is savory. So why not add a little bit of you know that kick to it as opposed to you get the the like the yellow pepper or something like that the red they're not as uh potent as the green is on on the pepper side see that that's I, that's why i like the red because it has that little hint of sweetness in it and like you're saying it goes good with the spice and whatnot because obviously you load it up with hot sauce on top of it so i like the 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 sweet and the spice put together man so that's what i did with the air fried wings i i, I mixed them in a uh, honey hot sauce so same thing. So you get a little bit of the sweet with a nice heat kick. All right, folks, that's what was for lunch this week on Pot is War. We'll be back briefly before the ending of this NXT opening Great American Bash match. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, so I got to ask, folks, as we see what's going on on AEW right now. Sonny Kiss, Joey Janela, will they, won't they, or have they? I'm leaning towards they have, quite frankly. I could care less, to be honest with you. Here, what's more importantly to me is, how is Joey Janela that this prominent on AEW? I think he's horrible in the ring, and I don't like that, his. And I don't like his 
his wrestling character. As a person, I think he's a solid person. I like that he has actually spoken out against people and said some of this bullshit that's been going on is absolutely true. I can res- totally respect him for that, but I just am not enjoying what he's been doing in AEW. Andrew, I know you wanted to respond to what I was saying there. Oh, no, I agree with you completely. The only will they, won't they, or is, you know, I know Will would be, you know, Sonny Kiss does have talent. He will get over eventually, and hopefully Joey Janela won't because he's a talentless pile of fucking trash. And as nice of a person as he may be, and he's speaking out about certain stuff, I'm not going to put over somebody who on one of his shows had that moronic superhuman meme lord idiot who just jumps on random trash cans and barbed wire because he's an idiot. Like, no. <laughs> Anybody that's just going to put a fucking meme fan in What is this? What is this? Like, does he... With him. Is it? He's like. You've never seen these videos? Oh, yeah, yeah. What's the last thing he says is, fuck this shit. Yeah, fuck this shit for the juggalos and juggalites. Yeah, fuck him. Like, that's that's just moronic fan crap. And then Joey Tanel is feeding into that, like, that shit that we don't need and that you know hey. don't try this at home but now he's getting over because he tried it at home and he decided don't, to fucking break his back on don't, you know a trash can yeah. and a picnic table don't try it's this at home long. but the fuck this shit guy has taken some major bumps I'll tell you that yeah so have a lot of people get drunk at the bar and fall down a couple times you take the same bumps no one puts that on film and you don't get into a ring for it you know yeah, this, you can't this pay him for stupidity that's what this is why I hate that's the thing because that guy he's clearly not all there. I got to choose my words carefully. He's clearly not all there mentally. Can we all agree upon that? Yeah, he's that's clearly really you're putting it, Chris. You are a nice motherfucker when you want to be. <laughs> I'm 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 trying to watch my words, man, because I you know I understand and I think it's it's not cool. I feel like like as if he's getting exploited because of that. But at the same point in time, he's the one that put himself out there to get exploited. So you know. I just, I, I hate to go all cornet with it on this, but he has a point. He has a lot of points. He just says them in a way that pisses people off because he's very colorful with his words. But this but... is the best part. <laughs> but, I mean, he's got a point, man. You got all these melon farmers coming out here doing all this goofy shit, and they're getting all this attention, and people will think that that's how you, that's what wrestling is, and there's no art form to it. And it, 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 it it's kind of like when Freak Loops came out. And everybody thought they were going to be a rapper and make beats and shit like that. Well, the Fruity Loops and all that, the... Oh, the, the, the I thought you the meant ad- the cereal. <laughs> no, no, that's Fruit Loops. Fruity Loops was where you could make beats and shit like that, but that, it, it diluted the whole hip-hop game, man. And I feel like the same thing is happening with professional wrestling right now, where anybody thinks they can do it, which is not a good thing, especially when you're talking about professionals that are on television every day. So it looks like we're yeah. approaching the end of... I don't know, this has been a long opening match. Oh, uh, nope. Half Crucifix almost gets it done over on the Great American Bash. But first title match of the night, guys. Penelope Ford taking on... Hikaru Shida. Yeah, I was, I was trying to remember what, what, Hikaru. What, 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 I remembered what, 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 Shida. Wait, 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 but wait. perfect. I wait, hope we up, see wait. the perfect CT Plex tonight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we just take a minute and, and appreciate Jim Ross's button-up that they just showed? This Mellon Farmer looked like he going to a Partridge family concert right now to pick up chicks. That's what his shirt looks like right now. They, nobody else saw that but me. I oh, seen it. Oh, Tegan wins oh, with the five shiniest minutes ago. wizard. 
Tegan wins with the shiny as wizard, and yeah, we well one. It's not two, like Jericho three. looks much better either, but Jericho can at least pull it off to a degree. What do you think the odds are we see the perfect CT plex over here in this women's championship match? Oh, who cares? This is just an easy defense for Sheeta. Oh no, I got, I got, I got a title change here. And speaking of Jr. And stay away from the dipping dots. Hey man, y'all can say what y'all want about Joey. I was about to call him Joey Nutella, but for Joey Janella, Joey Nutella, but... I like it. We're calling him Joey Nutella. Well, that's what Cornette calls him, or Jelly yeah. Nutella, whatever oh, it was. Oh fuck, yeah. Jim Cornette. But I mean, there was one particular point in time where he was hitting Penelope Ford. So good for him. Dreams well, do really yeah. do come true. And, and oh, then uh, that didn't go anywhere, obviously, because he fucked that up, and now Kip Sabian's reaping the benefits. So. I, I can't really put him over for dropping the ball. Like here is even better. I mean, here's even better no precursor. Penelope Ford's gonna win because they're gonna push her because Kip Sabian just got sent to the back before this match, so she's gonna win it on her own tonight. No, she's gonna no. defend easily because yes. Penelope looks great. Don't get me wrong, and she's athletic, but she's not really a threat. Come on, especially no. when you got you know more athletic, more physical looking women like Nyla and Big Swole. He took the kendo stick. He took the kendo way. stick with him. So she barely uses it. She just oh, wanted to over. make sure it no, didn't I'm get lost. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have this woman beat Nyla Rose and then lose to Penelope Ford. That's not how this works. Yeah, know. no, not at all. Thanks for coming though, Tony. Tessa Blanchard, AEW, NXT, main roster. Should be main roster if it's anything. You really think AEW can get away with signing Tessa Blanchard when nah, it's supposed to be the all-inclusive, super left, hug everybody kind of kind of nah, brand? And you're gonna bring nah, in no, Blanchard. No, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. What not do you now. put her on? Do you put her on Raw with Charlotte being out for a while? Then Charlotte comes back oh, and I they get feud going into Mania. Or instead of feud, they could just do pieces of the Horsemen or you know the Next Generation type thing. That would kind of work and have. Have Rick be the uh, JJ of it. That would that would work. Oh, do we they, really they need? need do we really need more of Rick? Of I yeah. mean, yeah. No. Most people don't complain about it. No. Rick makes a lot of things better. Yeah, you know what? He's great when you can edit and there's no one around and you can stop and be like, "Hey, Rick, turn around 180. Take five humble steps that way. Now turn back around and do it again better." Okay, here we go. Action, everybody. Number one, there will be no Ric Flair slander on these goddamn airwaves. I don't I, care what I think it, it is. I think it just happened. There, there's just not. No, there's not. You're well, not, not going to slander the good Not editing it out. The nature not going to edit it. Flair. Not going to no, edit it. No. Or wait, 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 wait. No. It's not no. the good goddamn name because he was one nefarious motherfucker. But it's still a, a uh, legendary, <laughs> notorious name that you you got to respect. No, yeah, you don't know. We're not doing that. And that that's the only thing about having him on Raw. You know what I mean? He's very susceptible to COVID. I mean, he almost died a few years ago twice, and he got like half a colon. I think I said a fourth of a colon. And you're having him out here. I'm not ready for 2020 to take Ric Flair. Please protect Ric Flair at all costs. We don't need Ric Flair going in 2020. 2020, you can take Hogan. Fine. But no, leave Ric Flair alone. And think, I'm just kidding, folks. Do you I'm think not, Hogan not, and... Do you think Hogan and Flair are going to live longer because Warrior died so young? No. That's Shut not. Up. There's no connection oh, 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 there. Oh, but go, 
Real, real, real quick though, going back to the Tessa thing, she's just gonna be sitting her. Oh, ass there it is. Future. Oh no, she didn't quite have the leg hooked. Okay, it wasn't perfect. You can't touch her with a ten foot pole right now, especially with everything that came out and people are trying to act like they care about racial injustices right now. That's a horrible look. She's super talented. She's super young. She's going to get a shot in the big time. She's only 24 years old. But right now, not now. She's just going to be sitting down in Mexico for, for the foreseeable future. But I'm pretty sure when she does get around to uh, getting a North American home promotion, it's going to be the E. Who's, who's and her? it's not going to be AEW. Who's her fiance? Daga? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, by the way, so right now on NXT, we have a match that I'm pretty sure made Andrew moist, which is Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan. And I'm sure he's enjoying himself right now. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I'm enjoying both matches for similar reasons, if you get my draft. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I thought you might might only enjoy the NXT match. I get it. I see what you said there. But, you know, I I can't be mad at Penelope or Sheeta because, you know, uh... You know my bias, so of course I'm going to have to uh, swing for Sheeta. Okay, so especially with her little Final Fantasy VII Tifa get up, so like you know that that's Final Fantasy and she's Asian, so that's so many, so many boxes checked right there. Sheesh. Take away from you checking boxes on the attracted, how much you are scale, and how, what do you think of the wrestling so far? Because these two seem to be having a better match than 98% of the other women's matches that have happened on AEW. It started off quick. And I think that was beneficial to both of them because you were able to get outside interference. You used the apron, they used the barricade. Sheeta came in to feed and sell a little bit. So Sheeta on the receiving end makes everything look a little easier, a little better because my own, my major issues with Penelope is the fact that she doesn't sell wonderfully, or at least she hasn't in a lot of her matches. But when she's delivering the offense, she's pretty pretty solid. She's really athletic. So far, since she's been in control, it's looked all right. But then you got, okay, you got Oni Lorcan pulling off a beautiful key lock on Timothy Thatcher on the other side since we uh, we hit a commercial on AEW, or at least I did. I mean, to be fair, though, Tony, what you just said, that means, I mean, to, to, to put what you said in context about they're having a good women's match on AEW, that's like saying, that's like having a room with Hitler, Stalin, uh, fucking Marie Antoinette, Saddam Hussein, and then you look and you say, well, you know what, Trump ain't too fucking bad. I mean, come on, man. I mean, <laughs> the boss is not set very high for women's action action in AEW right now. It's just not. That's very true. And no knock to those ladies, man, because they, yeah, they, I'm sure they work hard. The whole Brick Baker thing, it really didn't work. They wanted to push her and make her the face of the company. I see why. But it didn't really work out, so now they're retooling that, and they're bringing her back as a heel. And I've been enjoying her heel work that she's been doing, but, I mean, there's something lacking there. I mean, the ability in the ring is what's lacking for Baker. Baker, it seems like she's finally found a character that kind of works, and she's just not being the whole I'm a doctor thing, or she kind of took the piss out of it, which, that was nice, but... I still really do not like her matches at all. I didn't like them when... AEW wasn't quite a thing when there was what double or nothing and they had the, the four way women's match and I have not seen a match I enjoy her in let me just put it that way so maybe while she's injured she can kind of brush up on some basics or it might make give her a little more hunger a little something to maybe be better in the ring I don't know but 
that that's where she lacks that to me. I have no idea what they're doing with Nyla Rose. Because, you know, you could say, okay, she doesn't want to rest on her laurels, the fact that she is a transgendered woman, and, you know, they don't want to push that because they just want to normalize it. But at the same point in time, every other source, I mean, hell, she had an article in Sports Illustrated talking about it. So why wouldn't you steer into that skid and create her as a star? Some people will cheer, some people will boo, but make her a star. And I know she is she the best in the ring? Is she fucking Luthez in the ring? No, of course not. But why not steer into the skid right now, especially as you're trying to brand yourself as the woke brand? And I say that with quotation marks as I roll my eyes, just so y'all know. <laughs> I just I, I felt like that was necessary to say. But yeah, why wouldn't you just build around her and make her this unstoppable monster? And if you want to make her a heel, you can even steer into the skid. Well, it's not fair. She has an unfair advantage against some of these other women while you're simultaneously building up a challenger that can actually defeat her. Why, why wouldn't you do that? And you don't have anything else better going on. You know, the only excuse I could see for that is they don't want to make it seem like they're exploiting that as the only reason they're pushing her. And I think another thing that hurt them was quarantine because she wasn't even on television for, what, a good two months or six weeks, whatever the hell it was. So, like, there was a good stretch of time she wasn't even in the building. So it's hard to push that angle or any angle when she's not around to push an angle for. And just to uh, dovetail a little bit off your woke brand thing, do you find it funny, because I definitely do, that the woke brand is the one that has the the women in bikinis stretched out in like, you know, lawn chairs and stuff like that all around the scenery and they have uh, wonderful bouncy distractions that Jim that uh, Jerry Lawler would go a little crazy for, but NXT is pretty pretty tame comparatively. But, you know, the E is perverse and, you know, stuck in the old days and a pile of shit and AEW is all inclusive and the woke brand as you said. Isn't that funny? Well, this is why you just STFU and let your work speak for yourself. Because if you try to brand yourself as a... Yo, it's a reason... Okay, Pee Wee Herman, perfect example. Pee Wee Herman, I mean, if if you... Before he got the TV show and the movies and stuff like that, the, the act was a little edgy. But then when he got the show and had the movies, they kind of, you know, smoothed out some of the rough edges. And then his career was over because he got caught, you know, masturbating in an adult theater. For Just uh-huh. to oppose that. If, if y'all found out that I got caught and arrested for masturbating in an adult movie theater, you mellow farmers would just kind of laugh to yourselves and say, oh, that goddamn plat, and then call me to get the whole full story. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, you yeah. paint yourself in a corner when you when you try to position yourself as, you know, Miss, Mr. or Mrs. Goody Two-Shoes, holier than thou, because then when you fall short of that, you're going to be proven to be a fraud, and it's hard to come back from that. So they would have been better off just saying, just be, just shutting the hell up and letting their brand speak for itself. Kip Sabian tried to interfere, but uh, Sheeta took the kendo stick away, knocked him out of the ring, back in, cutter off the springboard, oh, kicks out at three. That close once again for Penelope Ford against Sheeta. All hell probably about to break loose here, I expect. I don't know, Ford touching the title on the outside. Bad omen here, not feeling great about it. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Aubrey Edwards, best ref in professional wrestling right now, IMO. She's the best in AEW. 
Definitely, yeah. It's not even close. By the way, on uh, the other channel, NXT, Thatcher and Lorkin are having, or Lauren, whatever the hell you call his name, they're having a really good wrestling match right now. It's hard hitting, yeah. it's smash mouth, and that British style, it's kind of an acquired Ooh. taste. You know what I mean? Like, you got to actually like to watch people wrestle and have good matches oh. to even understand and appreciate that British style. Because it's kind of unorthodox to the Western world. Two knees to the it head, is. a falcon arrow. One, two, kick out by four. Cheetah can't get the job two done. Two, two knees? Are we, we, we're just making more Whoa. Canadian references now because, you know, it's Canada Day. No, those are and, loonies. You know, those are right, ducks. Those are loonies. No, there, there's $2 ones and those are toonies. Oh, toonies, that, okay. That's why if you go to a Tim Oh, Martin, another running Tuesday, knee right to the face. Tuesday, I expect Tuesday. it to be over here. One, two, and a count of three. Title retained. Platin balls are correct. Uh, I'm I, sorry, I folks. We did not see the perfect. We did not have a kick out. We did not have a kick out though from the perfect CT plex. That remains perfect. Okay, so they're protecting it. That's good. I I know. I would I would protect the perfect CT, wouldn't you? Let me. Yeah, I'm gonna do. Fuck it. Hello, my fellow (laughs) Canadian brethren. Happy Canadian Day, brethren. It's me, the Canadian Jamaican. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Some people oh, think you are from Saskatchewan, but I heard you are really from Prince Edward Island. Oh. <laughs> it's not as good as the Saskatoon, but I do enjoy the Jamaican Canadian, eh? Get a bum of smoke at the Timmy Horns. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Those are some mighty big horseshoes on your horse there, Mountie. <laughs> we have dollars as coins and we throw them at the exotic dancers during the day. Oh, it's boy. just dangerous. Come on, stop it. <laughs> we, had do- we had dollar coins too. And they stayed at the train station because no one liked those fucking Sacagawea dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's number two. Okay, you will not disparage the good goddamn name of Sacagawea. Don't say Sacagawea. Oh, good God. The good goddamn name of Sacagawea. Yeah, what the fuck? Everyone can't have a good goddamn name on this podcast. It's Sacagawea, man. What is wrong with you, Boombaclat? We're getting us our Lewis and Clark on, man. <laughs> Love Rob Ford. All right, beast. I tell you oh, what, I would shit. I would eat your children, but I would definitely not despair with your name with Sacagawea. <laughs> so, so, y'all were talking about her karatas and CT plexes and all that goofy shit. Meanwhile, Timothy Thatcher has an arm bar on and just tapped out Oni Lorkin. Andrew seems to think this guy's going to be a big deal over here. I aesthetically, I can't see it happening. I mean, that's that's part of the beauty, though, is he's just going to be that rough and tumble kind of like every man who just wants to have a good hard fought match, and that's part of the reason why people love Cesaro. Obviously, Cesaro is better looking and has a better look, however you want to look at it. But the match quality is going to get over, and the fact that he kind of steers into that that tough guy skid 
and he looks like you know the prototypical like hockey player that's it, it's good it, it's a good gimmick and I, I think he'll be fine he definitely applies or appeals to a different demographic than most WWE fans are used to seeing so I, it might it might be it might be something special if they can catch lightning in a bottle so to speak you have a point but to counter that point what the hell are they doing with Cesaro and he is handsome on the Jason Statham side of the game okay yeah you, you not saying, a very good not, point not, there. Not, not saying he looks like Jason Statham but you know how Jason is ruggedly handsome Cesaro has that same thing going for him no, but, I, and I, I, what are they doing with him no, he's not the flashy one for some reason, and I never understood why they didn't really push him more, but that could also be the fact that he's not a native English speaker, and at least Thatcher is. Maybe but maybe a little dental work could get that lisp or that weird gap out of the way, so it, it sounds a little better. You never know what Vince is going to try to rebrand him with, but you I got, mean, it, it could just be that. Put him back Vince with Seamus. Vince doesn't like accents. Put him back with Seamus. Have them win the tag team titles, give them a six-month run with those, winning and losing them back, and then have them have one last big match, and then that can promote Cesaro into maybe having a, I don't know, a title match at a pay-per-view. I mean, Shinsuke's another guy that's getting wasted, in my opinion. I I think he'd be a great opponent for Drew McIntyre as a heel. That's a great point. I agree, man, but... But the thing with Shinsuke is, you can say that he kind of phoned it in when he got over here, but I think that the reason he phoned it in is because he saw there was no ceiling really here for him. Plus, they had him talk too much when he first came up to the main roster. Like, if everybody has to talk, it makes the Mellon Farmers that don't talk kind of special and adds a little mystery and mystique to their characters. So, yeah, I think they fumbled that ball completely. As we, um, as I'm looking at NXT and they're doing a vignette with Karrion uh, Cross and I'm checking out, Mrs. Scarlet. And I'm checking out Jake Hager's wife. Good for him, by the way. He he certainly outkicked his coverage, didn't he? Eh, I don't know. He's he's tall. He makes money. <laughs> uh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that that's all it takes for some people. You have a good point there. I mean, there could be something else to him that is generally connected with being tall. Yeah, that's great and all, but come on, man. He's a fucking goof, and his wife is <laughs> She could be just I'm as... not hate. Look at I mean I don't know I'm not I'm not judging a book by its cover I don't know either of these people well at all um, and 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 he's been a college athlete too I believe he does have a degree from the University of Oklahoma but she yeah, could how hard is that she could be all just about those <laughs> she could she could be just you know she could be shallow as the kind of character that they play as well so who knows maybe they sit and read poetry and drink wine by the fireside at night and you know whisper sweet nothings to each other while we sit there and watch them on this show and, you know, think that they're dumb. See, I, I, I think differently. I think they go home and have sex in blackface, but I could be wrong. You know what I mean? Just like you might be right and you might be wrong. I might be right and I might be wrong. What the we don't fuck? know. <laughs> Did they could have met at a tree rally? Mean, Is that kind listen, of what you're getting at? I wish we lived in a world where I could make what you just said the title of this show, but I can't. And it's too long anyway, that's what she said, so... I couldn't help it for everybody that's offended. I apologize, but that shit was funny. No, that was good. So, but hey, you know, to, to distract from the uh, the MAGA marathon over there, you've got the 
as as Chris likes to put it, the delicious Rhea Ripley just made her entrance on NXT's Great American Bash. So that that's where uh, Chris can lose his attention to. I'm glad you said her name correctly. And what do y'all think about this feud? Do you think that she's actually, because the stipulation is if she loses this match, she has to join the Robert Stone faction or whatever the hell they have going on. Do you think that happens or this was just kind of something for her to do in the meantime until they figure some other stuff out? I mean, why can't it be both? To be honest, it could have just been like a a fill-in-the-blanks kind of thing and just be like, hey, this be funny. And then it turns into a, wait, what if? And, you know, Robert Stone comes out with his, his with the, like, the boxing uh, stuff on and looking like he's all hyped, trying to get behind uh, Aaliyah and help her out towards the match. So who knows? I, I, I could see it where Rhea has to begrudgingly join the Robert Stone brand and that gives her something to do away from the title for a little bit which is fine she's still much like you like to point out about Dream and Tessa Blanchard she's young I think Rhea is only what 23 depending when her birthday was I don't exactly remember but she doesn't have to get called up anytime soon so we could be looking at another year of Rhea Ripley in NXT and she doesn't always need to circle around the belt this is this is perfectly fine and if Aaliyah does well enough might li- might elevate her a little bit speaking of dream he's quickly approaching uh tessa blanchard levels of uh, <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. if, if, if allegations are to be believed so but i, I feel what you're saying though I, I get what you're saying but i, I want to go around the horn real quick and pc let's start with you the fact that they were having this cody match versus jake hager so early on in the show because i was under the assumption that this was going to be an event night one of fighter fest is, is this surprising to you guys and uh. if so What's going to be the main event here? Tag team championship match, likely. I think you have a good shot at best friends maybe pulling that one off tonight. Uh, I've I've been waiting for them to take those tag titles off of uh, Omega and uh, the Bears guzzling cowboy uh, hangman page. I I like the match here. Cody's been champ now for 40 days, believe it or not. That's already gone by. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if Hager won, but I wouldn't bet on it. But I could see you having a really good match. This is a match that will probably last for the next 20 minutes at least, maybe 25 minutes. It's 10 to 8 Central Time, 10 to 9 on the East Coast. I'd say we're going to be, you know, 15 after the next hour, uh, 10 after the next hour before this match is over. You're going to get a few commercial breaks out of the way, and then you probably could see the, you know, majority of the last portion of AEW be commercial lists. Now, on the other side, you got something that's the complete opposite, which is more of a gimmick match as opposed to something that you're going to see over here, which is going to be a wrestling match slash brawl. And, Andrew, if, if, if Tunny is to be believed, do you really think that it's the best It's the best thing to do to counter-program Sasha Banks with the best friends? Okay. No. But... <laughs> When it comes to your initial question with Cody, to be fair, he's always booked himself in the middle of the card. He booked himself in the middle of the card for very, I think, most of AEW's pay-per-views. You know, when he had his MJF match, that was in the middle, and people were surprised that was in the middle. And when he, whenever he had any kind of thing that had any kind of weight, it wasn't the main event. I think with the exception of the, the one title match he had with Jericho. Didn't he main event and, the first ever AEW Dynamite? No. 
Because no. wasn't that him and Darby? Yeah. That wasn't a main event because that went to a 20-minute draw. That was, I think that was a intermission match, like a, a middleway match. Hmm. I could be wrong. It's been, what, seven, eight months now. But Cody being the the intermission main event guy, basically, so that, that halfway mark, that seems to be where he puts himself a lot of the time. And Because I, I think we made a similar mention of it for, like, Revolution or whatever, where his match was halfway through the card and it wasn't anywhere near the top like we thought it was going to be. Doesn't he have to be, though? Because technically, if you kayfabe 100%, he can't have a title shot. And you can't have a company that has their mid-carder always on the top end of the person you're trying to get over as your champion. Does that not make sense? Well, number one, they're not having the world title. I don't even know if they're having the world title match, period. You know, depending on what's going on with Renee and, and Moxley. But they're they not. weren't going to have that match. But they weren't going to have that match this week either way. And all of your titles should mean something. They're, they can be put in a position where they can main event any show whatsoever, regardless if it's the tag titles or this TNT title. So but what better way to establish that title than to have your hottest baby face main event the first night of Firefest, which is supposed to be this pay-per-view caliber show. We talked about this on DWI podcast uh, over the weekend, and I said Firefest night one needs to have a big finish to lead to bigger ratings the following week. And I think the big finish tonight would be the changing the hands of the tag titles. And if that's the case, then I think we'd all agree that's why that's the main event. If not, I can see where you're coming from that Cody could have definitely main evented the first week of Fighter Fest. To the best friends, though, Tony? Who likes the best friends? Do you, you like the best friends? Orange Cassidy is one of the biggest things going in AEW, so why not have the people surrounding him hold the titles? I mean, seriously, like, he's been feuding with Jericho. So why not, at, after the match, to end this match, they, you know, you, you see the inner circle come out, and then we have another title defense against maybe... Les X gods uh, at f- at the second week. I mean, what happens at the end of this show has to have a big finish and lead into having producing more ratings and buzz for next week. Next week doesn't have to finish as big as the first week, but the first week has to finish big and lead to the second week. The only big thing I could see happening if it is the tag match that main events is we finally get the turn that people have been expecting for four months or whatever page page finally turns on omega and that's what gives the best friends the win so it's not that they necessarily win on their own merits but you know they get the win by default because page finally shows his true colors or whatever however you want to you know and frame that and that's even better can't we do all those things and have jericho come out because you know they get involved afterwards after we have a decision you have something like that happen i mean there should be a big melee at the end of whichever of these shows that lead to you wanting even more so to turn in tune in next week that that's kind of that's my overall thought i don't know booking by tony which is fine which is fine. They just do big melee too much. And like they, they do big melee as often as WCW and TNA used to. And I'm, I'm getting very sick of the end of this show schmoz just to try to keep the the energy going. Like, At least they don't ring the bell twenty times. 
Oh, okay, so fine. That's that's the only advantage that their schmazes have. Hey, hey, is you don't hear so, the bell going off eight billion times. So listen, like that's supposed to stop people. Yes, yeah, fine. In high okay. school, I would come home from basketball practice during you know the late fall and winter and try to watch these shows, and I would fall asleep during commercials towards the end, right? Because I had gotten up early to finish uh-huh. homework and then had practice or a game and came home. And I'll be damned if I didn't grow to absolutely fucking hate WCW ending a majority of Nitros with the goddamn bell ringing. And it would wake me up and piss me the fuck off. <laughs> okay, that, like I said, that's a good point. But it's still that same WCW TNA kind of methodology of let's have a big, big melee at the end. And then, you know, that might keep people's attention. I mean, AEW is basically dirt. Danny Darko, and forgive me if I'm wrong, I haven't seen the movie in a while, but he was schizophrenic, wasn't he? I mean, that that would make sense. I haven't seen it in a while either, but Border, when you see a giant Borderline. fucking rabbit, that would make sense. Okay, well, the, the point that I was trying to make is that there's way too many cooks in the kitchen in AEW, and that's their biggest problem, because from segment to segment, it just, the show doesn't always flow like a consistent show, like there's you know, one writer or one booker or whatever the case may be, and there's a unified vision of what it is that they're trying to do. Because from segment to segment, it could be gold and then it could be trash. Now, honestly, you could say the same thing about the E as well, but it just comes across as very schizophrenic to me, and I think that's because they have way too many cooks in the kitchen, and now they're trying to say that Tony Khan is out here booking, which his, you know, his wrestling knowledge, it, it doesn't surpass us. You know what I mean? No disrespect to him, but, you know, if we had a billionaire daddy... We'd probably try to start a wrestling promotion too, wouldn't we? This is much like, I'm so glad that we're on a cooking show here because you mentioned cooks in the kitchen and it's just like opening a restaurant and it having be this new glamorous glitzy restaurant that everybody's looking forward to. And we forget that AEW is so infantile in their existence, regardless of whatever the experience is that comes across as talent on your TV or behind the scenes who's pulling the strings. As a collection, as an entity, as AEW All Elite Wrestling, it's it's not even done breastfeeding yet. Do you know what I'm saying? This is a baby, and it's going to take a while, much like in the restaurant business or the pub and grill business, to figure out who you are and what works for you. And fortunately for them, they do have excellent talent, and they do have people that can provide them with great booking and producing of matches and things of that nature but you're right at some point they're gonna have to figure out who's the head chef and the owner needs to let that person pick the ingredients and set the menu exactly let the Rhodes boys have the books throw Jim Ross back there with him because he's old school and you know I mean because the old school I mean there is a reason that wrestling isn't as hot as it was because it's gotten away from its fundamentals but you still need that's where Cody comes in you still need a young fresh mind to come up with young fresh ideas but you have some old school guys and Dustin and Jim Ross back there that you know have done this forever and this has literally been their lives and they know what works and I think that's that's your best thing like I, I you know with all due respect to Omega and the Bucks and whatnot yeah you don't need them back there in, in the booking room I don't think that they they can get themselves over but I don't know if they can get anybody else over and shout out to I think the delicious Rhea Ripley just won and Andrew it's weird because they had this uh, two on one handicap match and it was low key intergender because Robert Stone they booked him to look like a goof 
You know what I mean? So he wasn't, you know, it wasn't like he was ever going to be credible to beat up Rhea, but that's an interesting decision to go, especially here in America. Yeah, but then again, we've seen it be toyed with. We saw Charlotte, or I guess we read Charlotte make the comment about, you know, she wouldn't mind an intergender match. We know Tessa was Impact's world champion. We know Mexico's done it forever. So it it's not foreign to wrestling fans but you're right that it's foreign in America but then again when you do a joke kind of intergender match we've seen this quite often where the guy is just on the receiving end of most of the offense and looks like a complete dweeb so that that's very WWE when it comes to doing an intergender match and you know just it makes Rhea look like more of a force because she beat the crap out of two people at once and that was funny when she did that inverted slam with Aaliyah and just Aaliyah's head went straight into Robert Stone's crotch and you know he just starts bouncing around on his ass you know holding himself so that's funny that that's always a good gimmick but you know Rhea shows a little personality it went what like 15 minutes that was a long damn match for a joke mm-hmm. match but not not bad solid entertainment and I mean, it can work with the right woman. Like Rhea Ripley's a, a a big woman. Charlotte's a big woman. Nia Jax, Tamina, which frankly, Tamina could probably legit beat like half the male locker room's ass anyway. And I'm probably underestimating her when I say half. But you can't have Braun Strowman versus Alexa Bliss, that type of thing. Yeah, you can't. But then again, how many of the champions or how many of the wrestlers are really? Braun Strowman or Drew McIntyre size. If it was yeah. Daniel Bryan versus Rhea Ripley, there's some believability there. All of the Undisputed Era against Charlotte or Rhea or Nia Jax, that's, I mean, the women are bigger than the men at that point. So, if you book it correctly, it would make sense, but yeah, you do book yourself into a little bit of a corner, because once there's somebody bigger, like the Hager size, the Braun Strowman size, even the Dexter Loomis kind of size, you you really start wondering, like, alright, can they win? And then people that use the Rey Mysterio argument, that's that's different. That, that That's not the same. That's not apples to apples when you go, well, a woman can win, because, you know, Rey Mysterio is only five feet tall. Yeah, yeah, but then there's that whole concept that guys understand of, like, male pride and male ego. So even if you're a foot shorter than the guy, you're still not going to let yourself get your ass kicked completely just because, you know, the male ego is, is fragile. Women aren't known to have that, which is why it's a harder swallow than if it was a five-foot-nothing oh, dude. Oh, Jesus. You said am, women am I, swallow. Yeah, that's not what I meant, and you know it, but you... You get what I'm saying, though. It's just... No, it, no, no. Perception yeah, is reality when it comes to entertainment and especially when it comes to wrestling. And when you got the five-foot-nothing dude against a six-foot-something guy, he, you know, it's the Napoleon complex. Everybody knows that little guy at work who, you know, he's the boss or he tries to act like the hot shit because, you know, God didn't grace him with a foot more of height. So he's just a complete dick and he's just scrappy. That's not that, that that's not usually something that gets attributed to women. Now, speaking of undisputed era and Dexter Loomis, and Scrappy that match is actually coming up right now. You, you see how I did that? <laughs> Roderick Strong looked like Scrappy Doo coming to the ring. Yeah, you you put it on the tee for me, Drew. That's why I had to rock with it. So yeah, that match is coming up. And what do you guys think of this Dexter Loomis character? Because Loki, I'm kind of digging it. He comes across as very unhinged and 
I think that's the point. Do you remember He's when Fred Creepazoid really well? Do you remember when Fred Do you remember when Fred Savage was in Austin Powers? Yes. And yeah, I just feel like I only see the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. So uh does that give you the kind of vibes where you think Dexter Loomis might be at those same kind of parties as Hager and his wife? I I no comment. I don't know. I'm not I, I, <laughs> I think if you only see the mustache. <laughs> I just I'm just blinded by the stash. Blinded by the stash. I mean by he seems way, like a good worker, but I just that I, I mean I don't really see anything else except this this oh. mustache coming down to the ring. There it is. Hey okay, guys, by the mustache is wearing gloves today. <laughs> by the way, Cody and uh Jake Hager are having a damn good match right now. I just saw Hager's wife slap Cody. Dustin is out here now, gave him the assist. Is this going to be the end? I know you guys know before I do, but on my end, boom, rock bottom. It's over. And Hager won. I, really? Won? How did he did win? that really happen? His shoulders weren't even down. How does that work? Like, Cody's shoulders were down. He was actually on top of Hager. How the hell did he win? Oh, no, Cody won. I mean, they gave it to Cody. Out. Cody yeah, won. Hager thought he won. Oh, we're going to get a rematch. My disappointment here is that was only like a 13-minute match. I thought they were going to go at least 20. Good oh, match. the ref just got knocked the fuck out by Jake Hager. Big right to the referee. Bitch. My disappointment is two months ago. You here comes a lot of people from the Hager's going to get suspended monster. here. Hager's going to get suspended. Undefeated monster, undefeated MMA guy, and then you have him lose three hey, times in two Does months. Hager have a like Bellator that, fight coming up? I mean, I don't think anybody's going to fight in Bellator this UFC. Has, <laughs> I don't think Bellator has fights coming up, sir. What are you talking about? I don't know. Maybe, they, maybe they're planning on having a fight in the next, you know, eight to ten months, and he's like, all right, suspend me for a year. I, I need to go train and take some time off and then and, and go do Bellator, and I'll be back again. Yeah, AEW seems to have a problem with everybody over a 6'2". Because they just end up being well, jobbed Because everybody else on the roster is under six foot. Look at Eric. Size matters, man. I apologize. Size matters. Cutting and into another that vignette. And Roddy was a, a strap match. I guess we can't call it a Caribbean. Can we call it a Caribbean strap match? A Canadian Caribbean strap match. Yeah, hey, we're going to have... Canadian strap match, man. He looks like Roddy had too much of the ganja because he already fell down on his ass, man. He's just great. All I, I see is a mustache, man. I'm not going to lie to you, PC. I'm, I'm digging the Dexter Loomis character, but I see what you mean. He does give me uh, Charlottesville vibes. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> the dude can work. All he needs is to come out in some khakis. The dude? I mean... Well, camouflage is close enough. Close enough, yeah, which, which makes me uncomfortable. I think I think <laughs> yeah. this strap match is going to end up being the most entertaining match uh, of the evening, both shows. You bite your tongue. You bite I your tongue. I think the problem mainly is the fact that Loomis doesn't have much of a ceiling beyond big, creepy guy. Because he, he's done that really well back when he was, what, Sam Shaw in TNA Impact, whatever, and his little stint in NWA doing the same kind of thing. He's going to be, like, a better-built, better-looking Schnitzky, I think, if he goes up to the main roster. Yeah, maybe you're right. Which, there might there might be a spot for that. You never know. 
Oh, he tried to whip the mustache off of him. But they don't have a lot of monsters on the main roster at this point either. You know what I mean? Because, what, 10 years ago, he would have had a program with Kane and Taker and maybe like a Mark Henry or something like that. Well, big, But those guys don't really exist like that anymore. You know, Big Show's back. Going back to what you said before about AEW not knowing what to do with guys over 6'2", with the exception of Keith Lee, who's just kind of like on that precipice of 6'2", 6'3", has NXT really done a great job with any of the big guys lately? Like, well, like Damian Priest have... got his ass kicked by Cameron Grimes. He's hurt. Like, yes, yes, he was quote-unquote hurt, but he also lost to Finn Balor, who Finn Balor is the size of, like, one of both, one of all three of our legs, if you get my drift. So, like... It's not like they really make their big guys seem scary. Sure, Karrion Cross is coming out that way, but that's also his gimmick, just to look like a satanic fucking beast. But, you know, every time you get somebody that's, you know, on that precipice of, like, six foot in NXT, they, it's not like they look wonderful either. I mean, McIntyre didn't have exactly a dominant rundown in NXT, you know? Well, he, he got held the belt, too, but it he? wasn't, like, dominant. Yes, he did, but he held the belt, but it wasn't dominant. It's not like he dominated over anybody. Like, you know, his size would kind of infer that he would. Well, that's the problem is they've had Adam Cole as their champion, baby, for the last, what, year? So, I mean, it's hard to try and put over a big man when you don't want Cole to lose the belt. I would imagine Keith Lee is going to be the one to take it from him, right? I would hope. I like, I'm, 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 I don't know I'm Cole, but yeah, okay, Chris. I apologize, man, but I, I just wanted to say I'm an admitted size snob. I think that size does matter in wrestling because these guys are supposed to be superheroes and larger than life. And I'm not saying everybody has to be. I'm not saying I want to go back to the 80s where everybody was, you know, six foot five and jacked to the gills on steroids. They were so juiced up that if you popped a pin in their bicep, their whole thing would explode like a balloon. But, I, I, you know, there's something to be said about bigger guys. Like, it's just what it is. Like, I, I mean, you know, even in UFC and, and in boxing, yeah, some of the smaller weight guys, they've drawn a lot of money, but a heavyweight title fight just hits different, does it not? I'll, oh, I'll, put, it, right. I'll put it to you this way. They've been missing the boat for a long time, and I think WCW capitalized on it when they had such great wrestling with the cruiserweights, and that belt actually meant something. But in the same way that boxing and UFC make like now they make even more money on the non-heavyweight cards right but if wwe would actually separate the guys that were actually over 205 and under 205 and only a very 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 select few guys would end up being heavyweight champions like a daniel bryan like an aj styles right because doesn't that make that cruiserweight title that much more? I mean, it's the cruiserweight heavy. It's the cruiserweight championship of the world, right? So it's your weight division. In UFC, it's not a bigger deal that you're the heavyweight champion than the middleweight champion or the light heavyweight champion or the welterweight champion. I mean, Conor McGregor is just as important, if not way more important, than Brock Lesnar or Junior Dos Santos or whoever you're going to fucking pick from any which way, right? I mean, look at Ronda Rousey. She's not a heavyweight. The women don't even really have a heavyweight division because it doesn't matter. It's the good fights that matter. It's the good storylines that matter in wrestling. And think about what an amazing cruiserweight division could almost be better than the heavyweight division right now if you would just keep those guys 
where they're supposed to be in that division. Well, this is one of the issues that I had with the attitude error and one of the reasons that the attitude error, you know, some of the decisions that were made there with hot shotting a lot of the belts and this and that, it, it, it kind of um, it affects what's happening right now which Private Party and Santana Ortiz are coming out, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this match. But theoretically, you should be able to headline and main event any show with any belt, but the belts don't really have relevance anymore. I'm, I'm, I think Tony and I, we're saying the same thing, but I'm just saying that the unfortunate part is that the belts just don't have the same relevance that they used to have. Hey, one world champion, make the Raw brand have the IC title that's where I would put it and and the Smackdown have the US title for your brand's champion and one heavyweight title and then you have a cruiserweight title that's what I would do with the title situation on the main roster in WWE I mean I was I was gonna kind of say something similar to what Tony just said is there's too many fucking belts like it's that concept of if everyone's special no one is special if everyone gets the fucking belt then who's really a fucking champion what does it really fucking matter when you've got six or like at this point it feels like fucking six tag team championships and a cruiserweight and a north american and a u.s and a this it's like it's all the same shit like just make it more specific break down the amount of belts so you can raise the prestige and then your champions will feel more like champions if you know one person's the heavyweight instead of well he's the heavyweight but he's the universal and he's the intercontinental even though the intercontinental is on arguably your most popular your best wrestler and you know i, I don't i don't get the way that wwe does it when it comes to that aspect to me too many belts to me i would do one world champion i would have like I said, the, the brand champion, I'd have one tag champion for the men and women and one women's champion. And when you only have one belt in the division, it travels across. So then the main thing that would get over would be those secondary titles that were brand specific. And with all due respect to Dexter Loomis and, and Roddy Strong, a.k.a. Superman Clark Kent, I was really looking forward to this Santana Ortiz and private party match, so I have officially turned the television to AEW to see what these guys can do. Because the private party, man, they've got a tremendous upside. They still have to figure out how to put it all together because they do a lot of cool moves and stuff like that, but they're young. And I, I felt as if AEW could, they should do more with them than what they're doing. Like, we barely see them on well, television. I, anytime we see them on television in a prominent role, they're losing. They, had, they I, Okay, it was a loss, but they did have Mark Wen in, in a pretty featured singles match in previous weeks in AEW, so there is that. Yeah, and then they paired him with Joey Janela in a shitty six-man right, well, that they yeah, lost. I, okay, so you gotta say something bad every time I say something good. Go ahead. <laughs> And they and they lost to the best friends or whatever for first for the uh, number one contender thing on, on the last, last pay per view. So eh, yeah, I mean I get I get Chris's point, and I like like the fact that Matt Hardy is basically being the the Michael Hayes for Private Party, like it's he good. did for the Hardy it's, Boys. So it's good it's good synergy because you don't get Hardy vibes I off agree. of Private Party. Yeah, that that's good synergy, and and you know not just on screen to kind of give them the Matt Hardy rub, but also behind the scenes. He could probably help them avoid some of the pitfalls that, you know, that they hit because there's clear Hardy vibes with private party. I, did, I, I see that. Did Which, Doug, you know what? If we're being honest, the Hardy boys didn't win a lot either in their wonderful tie-dye bandana-wearing goofball fucking phase before, you know, they really kind of took off. 
So, so sidestep question. Mm. Sidestep question. Did WWE miss the boat on what Matt Hardy can actually do for talent and, and how much he just enjoys like trying to enhance people and then he can also kind of carry a storyline where needed? Or did they know Jeff was coming back, realize what's happening between the two of them and didn't want to employ them both at the same time? Because aren't aren't Matt think... and, aren't Matt and Jeff kind of not talking to each other right now? Oh yeah, there was a falling out between. I don't know if it started with the wives or if it was actually between them, but there there was a lot of family drama that happened on Twitter because because Rebby is a quality follow if you love drama. But um, yeah, I also think it's part of the fact that Vince just didn't understand Matt Hardy's creativity and probably wouldn't have wanted to go the directions he wanted to go, like. With Jeremy Borash there, <clears throat> Matt Hardy, and maybe Bray Wyatt doing the Firefly stuff, if they all got together, that could have been something crazy, but I think Vince didn't want to double down on that. Didn't want too many people kind of in on it, or too much of that similar creative, because he's probably still very much set in his ways, and now that you got Pritchard in charge of things again... I don't really think Pritchard's going to think outside of the box that he's familiar with too much because he's still of an older mindset. So it could have just been a bad fit. So Hardy probably works better with the younger talent here because he's given more freedom, more range to work with. I hate when I agree with Andrew, but he's absolutely right. I mean, brothers fight. That happens. (laughs) They kiss and they make up. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I just don't think that Vince got it. And yeah, that's it. I don't think Vince got it. And I think Jeff was always the star in their eyes. We all saw that. And Matt was always underutilized or undervalued in the E. I think his probably his most entertaining run was when he was with MVP. And they were doing that. Anything you could do, I could do better. It's just unfortunate that Matt got hurt and it killed all the steam, the momentum that they had with that program. And they, you know, when he ended up coming back, but it was rushed and, you know, the, the magic was gone. But, yeah, they just never saw Matt in the same light that they saw Jeff. And, yeah, I think that he could probably be better served here in AEW, getting a team over like a private party and, and, and utilizing some of that great creativity that he does have. That being said, if he's Hannah, he needs a barbera. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that, that, a lot of that is in AEW, man. You you need a Hannah and a barbera. Somebody to say, okay, no, that shit ain't cool, man. We need to figure something else out. I feel like the imp- mates are running the asylum in AEW and every you know every idea that a wrestler has isn't going to be a jewel you know what I mean like you guys are my Hannah and Barbera's like I throw a lot of shit at y'all you'll be like no that's stupid we're not doing that but you know what I mean cause you need I mean for you know for every great idea you have you're probably gonna have two or three stinkers that's just kinda how the creative process works right so I think that yeah the I think the wrestlers have a little maybe too much leeway in AEW, and I don't know where their relationship is with Tony Khan. If he can, you know, say no, don't do that, we're stupid. Or if they're just all working him, and he's too buddy-buddy with the guys. I don't know. That remains to be seen. Tony, I agree with what you said. They're still in their infancy stage, and we gotta give them some time, but eventually, man, there's gonna have to be an adult in the room. How are you guys enjoying a Private Party? taking on Santana and Ortiz. And then on the other side, we have Roderick Strong, a leather strap, and a mustache match. A mustache match? What the hell is that? Excuse me as I take a shot of vodka. Please, if you're following along on these airwaves, do the same. Take Cheers. a pause for the cause. Cheers. Platt's uh, taking shots. I'm not sure what he's drinking. I got the old broken skull. Andrew, what are you drinking tonight? 
I was drinking Coke and some Jack Daniels, but I ran out of Jack Daniels now, so it's just Coke. Ooh, I didn't I didn't go to the the store today. Worked from home, but there was rain, and then I just didn't feel like going out in the rain because I decided to be a bit of a bitch. So it was okay. But I uh, thought maybe you were drinking a candy cane, man. That's where you take no, a little bit of red stripe and pour it in a glass, then a little bit of Molson, and then a little more red stripe. <laughs> You know, that doesn't sound awful, to be honest. I might actually have to pick up some Molson and some Red Stripe, because I like both of those, to, you know, by themselves. Together, that might actually not suck. Happy Canada Day, eh? <laughs> oh, Canada, our home and native land. Lord have mercy. I used to really love Molson, and now I don't see it anywhere. I mean, it's still pretty prominent where I am. I don't know if that might just be ATL doesn't stock it that hard, but maybe not, so. Not, I'm not totally sure what the uh, the availability is, because obviously it's an import because it's Canadian. But yeah, do you guys carry a lot of imports where you tend to go to for your booze or no? Pardon me. Uh, not really. There's some every now and again because. I go to different liquor stores because I don't want, you know, people to know how much of a lush I am. So you try to spread the love a little bit. You oh, know. I do the same thing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, some of the places have more variety than some of the others, but, yeah. there There's not a whole lot of imports the places I've been. Not saying that there aren't imports down here, but they just seem to be a little bit harder to find because sometimes... Especially when I was in Arizona, I would just go, okay, well, what country do I want to drink tonight? Oh, do I feel like Belgium? Oh, do I feel like Korea? Okay, fuck it. I, and you could find it readily in Arizona, you know, all nights, you know, all hours of the day. So it was a little more, yeah, it was a little more than that. Here, yeah, not so much. At least the places I frequented. No, I, I get you there. It seems like the beer is easier to import in the Jersey areas that I tend to frequent. Not always the uh, the hard liquors, but it's it's easier to find. I'm usually Canadian pretty beer general. Or Guinness or Smittix. Well, you're also Mr. IPA guy, so that no, that's I, gotta be easy. There's gotta be an a, IPA section. That's. You said hard liquor. I said I'm usually pretty gentle. Bobby Fish has been out to interfere. He has been getting a strap clothesline. Dexter Loomis is firmly mustache in charge. Oh yeah, we got we got like sit down rock bottom. Could this be the end? He's wrapping him oh, up. Oh, yeah. He's trying yeah, to tap him like out. After the rock bottom, it looks like he gets a little bit of a mustache cobra clutch going on. Well, uh, since y'all he going to tap, it's earlier. over. The mustache. mustache yeah. clutch, baby. And the strap have defeated it. Roddy. Unbelievable. I was trying to ruin it because y'all ruined earlier segments for me, and I seem to be ahead of y'all now for some weird reason. But, yes, Dexter Loomis came out victorious, which Ray Charles could see that, and he's blind and dead. You knew that was going to happen because they're giving him somewhat of a push for whatever reason. Because Karrion Cross needs somebody his size to go against when he gets the belt? I thought that was going to be Keith Lee. See, you said Ray Charles well, called know, it. Carrie I thought Ellen Keller called it. it. That's, that's my point. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I think Keith wins next week. Obviously, Karrion takes it off of him, and then maybe his first challenger is Loomis. So, yeah. There we go. We just that, booked the territory. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of how I saw it. Yeah, because yeah. I think I think Karrion's going to go after Cole first, even if he doesn't have the belt, just to kind of make a point. 
And that could also show if Cole and the Undisputed Era go up to the main roster or maybe Karrion takes it off of Keith and then Keith goes to the main roster. Maybe he just gets the, a short title run and then he gets promoted, so to speak. So well, this is where my blackness kind of hinders my wrestling fandom because, you know, I, let's just keep it a buck, man. You know, the, the major promotions have had an aversion to putting their world titles on black men. So, I, you know, I want Keith Lee to win. I think Keith Lee should win, but I could see a scenario where he doesn't win. And I could see it involving the other three members of Undisputed Era somehow, some way. Uh, that's a fair point. And it's How WWE, you... so, you know, there's always a yeah. bunch of bullshit possible. How do you feel yeah. about, like, storylines? I believe it was on, what is this, MVP and Lashley, right? And then... What, beating up all the black guys? Well, beating I mean, up all I... the other black guys? No, but I mean, like, okay, so all of a sudden... I mean, not all of a sudden. Oh. It's been it's been happening before, but how, how do you feel about... Oh, it looks like... Uh... Are we still going here? Or do we that have private party always... as winners? That's... That should always be the finish. You, you I mean, Mark Quinn does a private party one. It gave Frankensteiner from the top rope. That's a big win for a them. Cutter. That How do you think that is? Isn't that gin and juice oh. or whatever they call it? It is gin and juice. I didn't know they won. I thought Santana and Ortiz kicked out. How do you feel about an all black storyline? Is basically what I wanted to ask you. I don't mind, man. It's black people getting on television, but at the same point in time. We know how this works in wrestling. You use black guys to get other guys over. It just so happens that the guys you're trying to get over are black guys. Oh, see, I, I thought Tunney's question was going to be, how do you feel about the, the the prominent black characters trying to guilt trip the other black characters into joining them? And it seems like it's very just, you know, it, it seems like it's, it's narrow-minded in a way where it's just like, you know, you should join us because we're making waves here and, you know, you, you belong with us kind of thing. And it feels like WWE does that more than a lot of other companies do. And that, that that's obviously racism to a degree. But how does it hit you? Does it hit you as you're okay with it? Relatable? Or is it just white guys booking black guys and that's what they think happens? <laughs> well, it's, it's white guys booking black guys. That's what they think happens. But to be quite fair, they all should link up together and just take this shit over. Like, it always pisses me off when they're in the Royal Rumble and it'll be three brothers in the Royal Rumble and they're fighting each other. And I'm like, why not team up and throw these other melon farmers out and then figure it out amongst yourselves? Like, that's... You know what I mean? So, if two of them are heels and one's a face, you just rather them join together in solidarity at a brotherhood than, you know, dynamic of storyline? Did you guys hear about... With Luke and Sting... Did you guys no, hear about Well, Sting, come on, it's Sting. He's gotten stabbed in the back, and he, he doesn't know who to trust anymore, so he never did. He's a bad judge but, of I character. Mean, it, <laughs> that's my thing, though. It can, it can work. That's all I was saying. Did you guys oh, hear God. what Mark Henry said about um, it, who he would pick for a new nation? No, go, go right ahead, please. He said New Day, uh, Street Profits, and Kevin Owens. Okay... That playing the part of Owen Hart, okay. There you go. That's who we picked. I mean, that'd be one hell of a swerve if all of a sudden those faces turned heel. I would pick uh, MVP as the mouthpiece. That's what I was Bobby thinking. Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Bobby Lashley. Godfather. I, um, I would, and I would throw a actually La- Lashley. Cedric, Lashley. And- so pick, put them in their roles, though. So obviously MVP is Ron Simmons, 
Lashley is likely more like Mark Henry. Who's who's Lashley your... would be more like The Rock because he would be the breakout guy. Not saying he has the charisma of The Rock, but he would be the main event. He's the guy that could be the main event talent. Like you could main event right. Brock Lesnar and Bobby really? Lashley. That could that could main event that Bobby Lashley versus Lesnar couldn't See, main event I, WrestleMania. I would rather if if we're putting New Day in there. Big E is Big more e. of The Rock. Yeah, I agree. He's more 100. charismatic. He's more gregarious. He emotes better. He's, he's got, got the p- size. He, his pelvic thrust is one hundred over Bobby Lashley. I'm not even talking about okay. that. I am. Lashley's I'm talking about enforcer, it. So Let's talk about the it. The Godfather role, or the like, the Ron Simmons kind of enforcer role, would be. But before he was, when he took a back seat to Rock, and he wasn't the mouthpiece anymore, really. The enforcer role, I think, would work better for Lashley. So okay, charisma wise, I agree with you guys. But Bobby Lashley is basically Brock Lesnar. He's just chocolate. They're they're literally the same guy. They were both so Black Mark Henry. Black that's the perfect Black Mark Henry spot. <laughs> But he's a better wrestler than Mark Henry. Yeah, but he he's a cement statue compared to Mark Henry as a character. That's true too. You can, you can main event a WrestleMania. I I don't understand why y'all don't see this. You can Bobby Lashley. How many world championships Bobby does Bobby Lashley, Lashley have in the WWE? That's my point. And how many does zero, and how many does Mark WCW and how many does Mark Henry have? You're kind of more than zero. 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 Let's talk about the time spent in WWE as opposed to let's talk about Olympics. Let's talk about like, and I'm trying to make him over there and you're asking him to be something else. I don't think so. I think, I think here's the, here's the argument for Chris. If Lashley was promoted more like Lashley was an impact because impact gave Lashley a personality. He gave him a dominating persona. He he was decent on the mic. He dominated his matches. He was a fucking monster. If WWE could find a way to take a piece of that and put that on what they have now as Lashley, then yeah, definitely Lashley could main event at WrestleMania because he's got. No, the book you're both and he's got missing the... my point. Andrew, you were much closer. You're okay. both missing my. Point. <laughs> he's literally the brat, black Brock Lesnar. Both of these but you guys said he would. There is no Brock Lesnar in the nation. You have to put them in the nation roles. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me finish my point, please. Thank you, thank you, please. They're literally the same thing. They're both genetic freaks. They both look like if this was this real. This is they like could I was like, do you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? NCAA, and you're like, they were NCAA champions in college. They both had MMA records or had MMA fights. As a matter of fact. Lashley had a better record in MMA than Brock Lesnar did, and then on top of all of that, difficulty though. Okay, fair, but he's still like, had a better record. And they I'm like, hey, Chris, Mark. I got peanut butter, jelly, and bread. Do you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And you're like, hey, what if we fondue? And I'm like, where the fuck did fondue come from? From peanut butter and motherfucking jelly sandwich. That's kind of the point I'm making now. I'll eat that military shit up. There is no reason that Bobby Lashley should not be Brock Lesnar. And that doesn't take anything away from Brock Lesnar. But Bobby Lashley... For those of you that got slightly excited when we decided to book the new Nation of Domination and Chris decided to compare Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley instead, unfortunately, we may not be resuming that context. We now resume with Christopher Platt being angry about something I'm not really sure. Y'all can both blow me. Hey, at least I was closer. I just... I'll I don't, give you that. I don't 
think that purely because of look and resume that that would actually just work as a match. Especially because... What are you about? Match? That's all this is about! It's fake fucking fighting! What yes. are you talking about? Don't give a fuck because they have to make a storyline around it. You think anybody... Anybody would take that match seriously. Lashley the jabroni. Who cares what he looks like? If booked properly, you could main event. That's if fine. Booked properly. If booked properly, Candice LeRae against Brock Lesnar would be a fucking main event match. And you can book anything properly. But you know what? That doesn't have anything to do with the nation. Jesus fucking Christ. Ugh. Wait, why is Swerve back there now fighting with Mia y- Did Gargano get sad that Keith Lee was bigger than him so they had to pick a smaller black guy? <laughs> Next week, folks, Fighter Fest, week two, Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. I hate you both because I want to be pissed off, but that shit was I, I'll be honest, I really just wanted to book a new nation with the people that were there, and you decided to turn it into Bobby Lashley as Brock Lesnar. Because he is Brock Lesnar, man. Right. He is. Without the charisma and the UFC Santos title. Escobar is on NXT. He is the best drug dealer name, and he looks so In two good. weeks live, John Moxley San- versus Brian Cage. Dude. Fight for the Fallen in two weeks. AEW. AEW, fight for the Fallen in two weeks. There's a reason they had to call Paul back to talk for Brock. The same way they got MVP talking for Lashley. They're literally the same guy. I can't. Just one is dipped in chocolate. The other's dipped in vanilla. Bobby Lashley is nowhere near the wrestler and MMA fighter that Brock Lesnar is. Bullshit. Bullshit. He had a better record. He had a better then why isn't he in UFC? Was it Bellator or whatever. Why wasn't he, he in UFC? He still had a better. Why record. wasn't he in he UFC? I don't know why. What? Go ask Lashley. Let's get him on the pod. We'll ask him. He had a better record. If Dana White thought that Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley would actually be a fight, they would have made it happen. Well, fuck Dana White too. Shit. Oh God. Oh, see, Tony, you should be happy because I'm pretty sure they're promoting next week's half of Fighter Fest, and I think it said Lance Archer is going to murder Joey Janela. So, oh, i seen that. Yeah, Joey Janela that, wearing that the ski mask. Five minutes. Or the ski goggles, sorry. Like, like for real, or is this a work? Because, I mean, no, I it's could go Lance, way. It's Lance I mean, Archer Joey Janela next week. Do you think Archer's going to lose that? I'm just saying, I'm okay either way. So, no what do we got going on over in NXT right now? Santos Escobar. I said that. He's out there. He's talking with his entourage. The cruiserweight champion. The cruiserweight champion, yes. So who? So who's going to step up to challenge him next now for this title? Cruiserweight champion, but he's taller than his enforcers. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> it's J&J security, buddy. Yeah. Okay. They, had, they had history, okay. though. I, I, I love midget security, don't you? Yeah, you Remember, go again with that M word. Remember deal yesterday last week. I made it double last week. You're right. <laughs> what do y'all think about the Taz and Brian Cage thing? Because the thing I like that Ace AEW is bringing back some of these old stars to pair them with new stars and 
theoretically give them the rub, but it always ends up seeming like the old stars just getting themselves over and not necessarily the talent that they're supposed to be getting over. Yeah, but at the same time, Brian Cage really ready to step into this role and talk for himself and be a viable threat for Moxley. I mean, this is going to sell right here. I mean, Taz could be the best mouthpiece in the business right now, especially since Heyman's on hiatus. Okay, I won't go that far. It, it, so yeah, so we're just gonna disregard. Taz is still redundant as shit. Like everybody is like basketball Jones, and this is Machine Jones. But that's that's Taz though. Like that's Taz, Taz. Taz is a little redundant, but he's he gets his point across a lot better than Cage would. Cage MVP is still wrestling well. plat. He's not a mouthpiece. He is a, an associate of Bobby Lashley. Cage's one weakness about his entire package is the fact that he is not a strong speaker. If he if he just had a little better of a speaking ability, or if AEW signed Eli Drake and they brought their tag team back together and Drake did the talking, then they would be just they would be fucking fantastic. Right, you but know, if two two body guys that have decent height to them, but that'd if, be great. But so, if 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 Cage can learn to get over how Taz is as being this physically dominant machine, a suplex machine, Cage can be whatever kind of machine he wants. And if that rubs off on him in the right way and he actually learns how to be that character, Taz was one of the best at playing that machine character. Yeah, I'm taking a powder. I'm taking a powder. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm taking a powder because y'all literally just made my point for Bobby Lashley and didn't even realize it. And God damn it, it pissed me off. I'm taking Cage has more... Bobby Lashley has no charisma. No charisma whatsoever. Brian Cage has more charisma than... Yes! Think of the most bland thing I ever had. Like, if you took a potato and barely boiled it and then cut it open, and it wasn't quite crispy and it wasn't quite mushy, and it had no seasoning on it, and, and I... You know, and then you bit into that. That's Bobby Lashley. Seriously. I'm sorry, I fell asleep. I was thinking about Bobby Lashley. I'm I'm taking a powder, man. I need a shot. Y'all motherfuckers is tripping, man. Go ahead, get it. If he was anything more than boring, he would have already won a world championship in WWE. Yeah, that's a fair point. And my only argument against the Cage being Taz 2.0 is Taz wasn't playing towards neckbeards and smarks. Taz was playing towards the ECW crowd, which was a bunch of northeastern New York, Philly, Jersey people who just wanted to see motherfuckers get cut and bleed and almost die and then possibly throw something in there and feel like they were part of the show. Like, that that, that was what Taz was playing with. So people thought it was badass and he'd just show up, suplex somebody and be out. You, you can't do that nowadays. You need to be able to talk, and Smarks know Brian Gage, you know, and most of his body of work, and how well he can or can't talk. So that's 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 not gonna fly. So Taz is a um, necessary evil. He's not the best talker. He's not the best manager. Never has been. Never was in TNA, or never was when he was on commentary. But it's stronger than what Gage has to work with naturally. All right, so. Uh, a while back, I had decided that I would commit to giving you an opinion on a certain topic. And, and while while Platt is handling other things right now, maybe he's crying in the oh, corner because he didn't like my point or something like that. You had a very uh, poignant question for me about an upcoming or already happening as we're getting towards the uh, stretch run here uh, for New Japan. And what's what's going on over there? 
Yeah, the New Japan Cup is going on, and the next two days, because we're recording this on Wednesday, so the second and the third are going to be the quarterfinals and the semifinals. And when we initially brought this up, you weren't exactly familiar enough with everybody that you told me to give you some time until maybe like the top eight before you decided to take your picks on who you think were making it to the finals or winning or whatever you feel comfortable with. So I know I gave you the matchups and I gave you the names. So how, how do you see the quarterfinals shaking up? Well, I, you have to think Okada is going to make it to at least the semifinals. It almost it doesn't make business sense if that doesn't happen. Uh, Ishimori, I, I, I just don't see it happen there. I got Okada... Uh, moving and on and advancing all right so we also got Hiromu against uh Tomohira Ishii I I don't know who to pick there I'm a little bit more familiar with Hiromu so maybe we get Okada and Hiromu that's that side of the bracket for me I don't have a lot of in-depth analysis I know who these guys are I do not watch the product but I do kind of follow along slightly and know who is winning uh, and in charge of each division title wise so what do you think about my predictions on that half of the bracket i think i think your predictions are pretty straightforward for who people see as the strongest one on paper where ishii and Hiromu is kind of a throw up and a toss up whatever you want to call it and okada should win but the only thing i could kind of see happening since ishimori is part of bullet club and you never know what the travel situation looks like now. So if there's possibility of the Tongans or Jay White being there or possibly causing the lights to go out and having like some kind of video message to screw over Okada, I could see that as being a very strong upset just because Okada could get screwed over by something. And then, you know, it's the surprise, which it's not like people would boo. There's no fans. It's still empty arena. So you bring up factions and loyalty and being connected, being involved with this entire tournament that's going on. And if we flip over to the other side, Sonata's taking on Tai Chi, and then you got Yoshihashi taking on Evil. I mean, doesn't everybody want to see Sonata and Evil face off for a chance to advance to the finals here? I think you're 100% correct especially since Evil won his match today after, as I put in my article on thechairshot.com, giving um, Goto the good old Garvin stomp to the boys, if you get my drift, before he hit him with his finishing move, the everything is evil. And he gave a speech afterwards that said he was going to win this tournament to prove he was number one in the company by any means necessary. So if he actually has to take out members of his own faction and maybe does extra heel stuff or some shady shit to them we could see him breaking out we could see him breaking off of lij that's that's fucking fantastic chris how do you feel that bobby lashley would fare if he was in the Japan cup uh, quarterfinals against any of these combatants uh, again, I'm going to invite you to blow me, but that's neither here nor there because <laughs> we're at the main event segment of both shows. Oh yeah, Chris We've is got... distracted because Sasha's walking in after she came in in her little little white. What Shut was that? up! She Corvette? she came in in a car. She came in in a Corvette with Big Booty Bailey and a dog. Oh, Bailey's got driver. white pants on. Bailey's got white pants on. And 
and makes it easier for Chris than he can then she can't see the stains. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but this should be a damn good match. I don't both think of Bailey's these women been are two of the best. Oh, never mind. The, the, both of these women are two of the best workers in the world. Now I expect a smudge, and somehow this is going to lead to uh, Asuka and Ice Sharona versus Big Booty Bailey and Sasha Banks next week in part two of the Great American Bash. You know what I mean? I I I think that that's where this is going. But while it lasts, and it seems that they're giving them a lot of time, we're at nine forty-two right now, so they're going to give them plenty of time to go out here and have a damn good match. And I expect both of these women to do that. With all due respect to what they got going on at AEW, the best friends, they're just not going to make me moist in a main event. I like to read wrestlers' faces as the match starts and when they come out for title matches. And boy, oh boy, best friends both look like they're about to win uh, something that they've been looking forward to. It looks like they're about to win the tag team titles if I read them correctly. And you know the the only positive I could say about the best friends because I'm not a big fan of the gimmick or Chucky e. T. I like Trent. Don't get me wrong, but Chucky e. T. I've never been a fan of. But yeah. at least at least the tag belts would be on an actual fucking tag team. So Chucky... you're not gonna really hear me complain too much if the best friends win because at least they're a real fucking tag team. No, really, if if, if I'm if is doing this podcast, we're really gonna be mad and, and not respect the Hangman Page gimmick. Seriously. Well, I, I just want to say this and preface this first. Because, doesn't make him a like, tag team just because it's a good gimmick. If, if I'm right, that it doesn't mean anything. And if I'm wrong, I, I'm definitely wrong. But to me, Chucky's giving it away. I hope you guys kind of see it. You see Chucky not overhyped for this match and way more... I don't know, he, he seems more of a, a viable wrestler kayfabe-wise than he does with his personality and how he collects himself when he's not in the action here. I've seen him pull both because there was a good good bit of time towards the end of uh, Trent's run in New Japan when Chucky came over. And if it was a serious match, serious Chucky T came out and he wasn't quite as jovial Southern gentleman or whatever the hell his, his gimmick was. So, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's giving it away necessarily. But like I said, I'm not going to be as upset as usual if a real tag team gets the belts tonight I mean come on man we all know where this is headed those belts aren't getting taken off of them until FTR gets them and then we're ultimately heading towards an FTR versus the Young Bucks match at some particular point in time for the titles and it's probably going to main event some sort of big show why can't the Young Bucks take it away from the best friends and you put the FTR over by beating the Young Bucks in AEW that's the biggest way to put a tag team over in AEW because it's all elite, right? They are the elite. Everybody knows the Young Bucks. Because it's the best friends. Who wants to see the belts on the best friends? Transitional champions. It makes them worth something even more so when they have to go back and have a pay-per-view match with another tag team. It's the best friends. They're former tag team champions. They beat Hangman and they beat Omega. Well, we'll see. Nothing is going to happen to Omega and Paige here if the best friends win. If the best friends lose, everything stays the same. Why not take this opportunity to raise a tag team up in your young, infantile company like we've already talked about? This is the division because to have. All the... This is the division to have tag team to have uh, title changes. In my opinion, in your infancy. 
But it, it, of all the tag teams that you could do what you just said with, I mean, we've got SCU, we've got Santana and Ortiz, we got Private Party of all, we got uh, the fucking um, uh, Pentagon and Phoenix, all the tag teams that you could possibly do what you just said you could do with. You're going to choose the best friends? Yeah, because they're good wrestlers, they're good together, and they're not old, and they're not young. So they know what's going on, and they still have time ahead of them. And they have that over every other single tag team in AEW besides FTR. Who I would like to get over with, well, here they come right now. Can we show a little love to Sasha Banks and the work she's been performing the past few weeks here in WWE? Between uh, Becky leaving the company, Charlotte taking some time off, and just the whole COVID thing, they were kind of strapped for bodies. You know, she, her and Bailey, they've been on damn near every show the past few weeks. And I, I truly believe that this Bailey-Sasha Banks thing is the best storyline that they have going right now, and it has been for quite a while. And I'm here with you. I'm here with you, Tony. Three belts, Banks. Let's do it. Let's make it happen, Captain. Three belts, Banks. Let's do it. I'd love to see it. Whether it's NXT or she beats Bailey, she can be four belts, Banks. What if she has them all and tag titles? I'm I'm here for that. Cause you know, I mean, we we know obviously my obvious bias, but at the same point in time, man, do y'all see what I see? Cause you know, I'm I'm on record of saying she could be their next rock. Like, she has that type of crossover appeal. You can put her on the Kelly Ripa, Ryan Seacrest show. She can go to the Wendy Williams show. You can put her at the BET Awards. You can put her on the red carpet at the ESPYs. Like, she's got that type of crossover appeal, and she's damn good in the ring. Obviously, that's not where they chose to go, and I understand why they chose Charlotte. There's a lot of factors. There's a lot of, you know, Charlotte has a lot of intangibles to why she would be the person, and then Obviously, the whole Becky Lynch thing took off, and you got to steer into that skid and rock with it. But, you know, Sasha, she, I, I, again, I, I think she could be their rock if positioned right. And, you know, the, the only knock on her has been, well, number one, there was a kind of a thing where they were saying she was kind of injury prone because she's smaller, and the mic work wasn't always there. But I feel as if, I don't know if they're letting her do a little more her or if she's just getting a little more comfortable on the mic and the, and the lines they feed her, but her mic work has been phenomenal the past few months. I'll, I'll oh. Let me transition it over to you, Andrew, because what I want to hear you <laughs> answer is the question, do you think we're going to see Bailey and Sasha total takeover of the main roster on the women's side, tag champs, one Raw, one SmackDown women's champion? No, because of the simple fact that Bailey seems like she's going to be the jealous one of the group. Everybody tries to make it seem like Sasha is the bitch who will backstab you because she wants to be in charge. But I feel as soon as Bailey loses the SmackDown Championship, and let, let's just say that Sasha wins it or wins the NXT or the for all, something like that eventually, however this goes. Bailey's going to get jealous, and we're going to see them finally face each other, probably for Mania, because that would be a big selling point, a big story, that if we're going to have COVID for most of this year, doesn't take a lot of build, and that most wrestling fans would still be marginally invested in, because we've seen it build for a while. I agree so you- with Chris, though, that 
Sasha is definitely she's definitely got that crossover appeal and she should be the one that they rock with for the foreseeable future as long as she can stay healthy and doesn't have like a mental breakdown so you think they can draw this storyline out till Wrestlemania because my thoughts were this is the match that should headline SummerSlam like, you know what I mean? Because we, we've seen they can have great matches. They've showed that on NXT. So if you give these women 20, 30 minutes to go out there and tear it up, they'll tear it up. So you think that they're going to drag this out until possibly next year's Mania? You know you know why I say Mania? And it's because I think SummerSlam is too soon, and we're still not going to have fans. And okay. with how long people have waited for Bailey and Sasha to finally come to blows, you have to have a crowd for that. You can't just have, you know, the NXT Performance Center leftovers and family members or God knows what the hell is in the crowd right now. So I, I feel like they would do it a disservice if they didn't have a crowd. So I forget if it was you or Tunny that said earlier that Asuka's going to come out to even the score at some point and then we're going to get a little bit of a, a tag thing with Io and Asuka and Sasha and Yeah, Bayley. that was me. That okay, but that that's a perfect way to drag this out, because Io and Asuka used to be part of, you know, a stable faction, uh, a trio, whatever you want to call it, when they were the Triple Tails in Japan with Io's sister Mio, and there's history there. You could steer into that, and then Asuka and Io could get the tag titles, and then that would also give Kyrie an angle to come back whenever she's healthy or comfortable or whatever they're even going to do with that since Kyrie's got history of both of them. So I, I think that's really the angle you take to keep to stretch it out. Kyrie could take the belt off of Bailey, And then if neither one of them have a belt, then we really get to see true colors. And then we could see it start to dissolve and the, the dissolution of, you know, Bailey and Banks and see where that goes. I, I really think that, you know, whether or not she beats Asuka at Extreme Rules, the horror show, which, oh my god, I am rolling my eyes right now. I know y'all can't yeah, see that. It probably will be a fucking but, horror show. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, they're setting it up for it. But either way, if she doesn't beat Asuka, I, I still think that it's gonna be Sasha that takes the belt off of Bailey at some particular point in time. And I think that's a big money match, because they've shown that they can deliver, because they've delivered on previous NXT shows. I mean, you, you could make the argument that that's really where the women's revolution started. You you could make the argument, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna argue there, because personally, I see it as the Paige and Emma match from, what was that? NXT Arrival? Was that was that the one where they had like the NXT women's match? I forget which one exactly. But that that's kind of the turning point match with me because that's where you physically, visibly saw women doing more athletic and harder hitting things instead of just catfight bullshit. Quick so yeah. quick yes or no. That, that's kind of where I'm with it. Really quick right, yes Tony. or no. And it's a topic for another day, so write it down if you want to talk about it again later. But just yes or no. That's it. If Paige doesn't get hurt, does Becky Lynch become the man and the face of the WWE? Yes. That's a good question. I'm going to say yes, though. Good question, though. That's a good topic. 
Mm-hmm. Write that one. Right, we're going to have some downtime. we got to come back to that because right, we're going right, to have some downtime. Right, I'm going to write that down now. Andrew, why don't you recap what we got going on the home stretch here the last five-plus minutes of the Wednesday Night War? Well, to, to be fair, I've been paying more attention to NXT, and EO and Sasha have been having a really great back and forth where Bailey hasn't honestly gotten involved too much aside from honking a car horn to give Sasha an advantage on the top rope and we've also got the AEW tag team main event with Omega and Hangman Page against the best friends and it looks like at least where I'm at Kenny just pulled off a fisherman brain buster on Trent for a two count so that that's been a lot of higher spots a lot of fast moving hard hits the, the typical oh, thing that would keep the shit. IWC entertained. What? I, I, no, I apologize. I just saw Sasha do the uh, the power bomb into the uh, plexiglass on Io Shirai, and this has been a damn good match. And they presented both of these women as evenly matched, which is exactly what you should do with mm-hmm. this matchup. And you know the best friends and and Omega and Hangman, they're having a good match as well. It's just I. I don't think, I just don't believe that the best friends, they're going to put the titles on the best friends, with all due respect to our commissioner, PC Tunney. I don't understand how that makes sense whatsoever. Like well, I said, welcome my, to my the, only argument is they're at least a real tag team. So Welcome to the portion of the program where we're watching the shows. Big move off the top, because this be it. One, two. Oh, big save from Kenny Omega. And I just finally... It seems like... Is that where you guys are with AEW? Because I am way behind on NXT for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite uh, there. Right now, I'm, I, Sharona, has Sasha in a cross space. And she's trying to get to the ring. She was trying to do the Eddie Guerrero frog splash. And I, Sharona, caught her. And now she's trying to get to the ropes. And Bailey just threw the title in the ring for some odd reason. I don't understand what it's a she's distraction. Talking. I got Bailey on the top. I got oh, Bailey on got the top him. rope. It was a distraction. Got him. Got him. Uh-oh. No, I ain't there yet. I ain't there yet. Could we I'm see Bailey tap? Or, or really Sasha tap? The, uh, the cameraman with, with Bailey rooting on Sasha. Oh, big boot from Hangman if, Page. If, Chucky T to the outside. See, big, big boot is only part of the sentence I expected someone to say because we were talking about Bailey. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's funny. I just saw a big knee from Omega. Yeah, Beretta. Omega. Oh, tr- I'm sorry, not Beretta. Just Trent counters the power bomb from Paige and sits down for a almost a three count. Oh, and see, Oscar's out now. There we go. There we go. Oscar's out. She about to do and Io about to do the moonsault. Boom, got him. Oh, the ref in a tug of war with Bailey. Under the ring. Oh, the Muda missed. It's over. One, two. Oh no! Trent kicks oh. out. Out of the mist. Oh. Oh, we're gonna have a win here. We're gonna have a win here. One, two. No, a kick out by Sasha. Oh, I didn't see the three. There was clearly a three. I just didn't see it, but okay. Big clothesline. Slingshot clothesline. Two, three, it's over. Retention. Omega. Hangman Page. Here's the moonsault. Is it over? One, two, three, it's over. Yep, moonsault for the win. Sasha looks like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. So that gives me promise that she may actually pull this match off with um, against Oscar because she didn't. Here comes FTR well, to officially maybe challenge. Maybe cheating before Oscar came out, so that was just fair as fair. FTR challenging yeah. Paige and Omega, handing them beers. And now you have to wonder: Is EO going to return the favor for the Extreme Rules match? Well, I, what? I, What's Paige will take a beer. Page will take a beer. Omega's be a not sure. There's going to be a tag match next week, and Sasha and Bailey will win that tag Cheers. match, which is going to put Probably. bottles going to yes. be split here. Yeah, which will put Oscar's title in, in in jeopardy. But you got you got to wonder because you know Bailey will probably interfere in the Extreme Rules match if Io is going to play ball. Well, because... if we're gonna. If, if we're going to get that at SummerSlam, yeah, somehow, some way, Bailey... Omega's pouring out the beer. FTR is not happy. Oh, no, I, ju- I just meant if EO yeah, was going to come out to save for Asuka, and then they're going to the continue Bucks. that story. Because EO's character took a weird pivot after she won the title, because she was the heel. She was the, you know, the dark, brooding, like Akira Hokuto kind of character from WCW. And now she's coming off more like a, a face tweener, whatever you really want to call it. So I'm not sure where she really lies when it comes to her allegiances character-wise. And Omega, that's a party foul. If somebody hands you a beer, you don't pour it out. That's literally a party foul. He well, doesn't drink. BET is drug-free. Or, yeah, BT is drug-free. I don't give a damn. That's still a party foul. Y- y'all know that. BET is drug-free. All right, gentlemen. You at least take a sip. To say the least, oh. a very fun evening watching this together. I thought it was an entertaining night of wrestling. I'd give both shows an entertaining stamp if I had watched one or the other on, on their own, even more so that we got together. What are your final thoughts on what happened? Uh, did you wish you had seen more? How do you feel about next week's show? Andrew, please. Um... No, it was a fun, it was a fun situation. Granted, you, I don't think we could really pay 100% attention to anything. So, me being the the rating and the match guy that I'm supposed to be, it, it's a little weird since I wasn't really able to dive in. So I'll have to watch them both again. But I think I enjoyed NXT a little more than AEW. But I, oh, it, at the same respect, so, I feel like AEW has a better night too coming. So with you the mean exception of the Lee and Cole? So you, for NXT. so you mean you cover these shows? Not really. Not really. I just have to watch the matches. So there's, I know which matches aren't going to suck, so at least now I can just watch them a little later. Mm-hmm. Like I said. It's fine. I don't cover the show word for word. That That's Stephen Mitchell. That's Stephen not what Mitchell, I said. That's not what I said, though. But you, you, you give ratings and analysis on the I shows. Was, I was busting your balls. Stop it. <laughs> Man, he's busting my balls. Well, this was certainly an experiment that we tried. I don't know how well it came across. I certainly had a good time, but we'll see how it comes across podcast-wise. I agree with Andrew. I think NXT won the night, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens when the ratings come out. And next week, we'll see what happens as well. But yeah, overall, I, I would give NXT the thumbs up as opposed to AEW, but... I, I, enjoy, I enjoy both shows. I think there were things that you could nitpick and, and bitch about with both shows, but overall, I enjoyed them both. And I enjoyed this experience.
experience as well. No, I, I definitely agree. And uh, this is probably one of the shows that we should probably get the... We, we probably want the most user, listener, feedback, whatever the hell you want to say, because there wasn't a lot of watch-along discussion for a long point in time. Like, we just kind of went off into a normal show and did our own thing, and I guess it's, it's a good way to find out how people took the show and uh, how they feel about it. Because it was fun to do, but I don't know how fun it is to listen to. You know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. And yes, this is something that I do want user feedback for. Did you enjoy what we did? Like, this was an experiment, and we didn't know if it was going to work or not. Hell, we still don't know if it's going to work or not. I, I think that we all have fun doing it, but we don't know if you're going to have fun listening to it. So, yeah, I agree with Andrew. So, if, yeah, yo, holler at us at uh, the Pot is War Twitter feed, man, and let us know if this was just whack or if you, you fox with this because we could possibly give you more of this if you liked it. Hey, folks, PC Tony here. I'm sure you enjoyed it. Let's go to a commercial break. We're going to wrap this bitch up. Sierra Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, Shield. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. You heard the band and the woman, but we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. So just real quick, Mr. Belaz, where can the good folks find you, sir? You can find me on the Twitter at IWC Warchief and on thechairshot.com covering all of the the wonderful New Japan Cup happenings that I think our, our commissioner gave some pretty pretty good picks regardless of how he feels about his insight and his knowledge on the product that that was pretty pretty solid stuff so i guess in the next couple days we'll find out how accurate it was and how enjoyable it is all in all chris how about you well you all can find me on twitter at the real c platt but more importantly if you enjoy the content that we provide here at the chair shot day in and day out Make sure you all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. Again, it's America's birthday this weekend. So type in 4th of July or America or USA or something like that and you might get some, some something off. I, I'm not guaranteeing you're going to get something off, but I think it's a it's pretty not safe work. bet that if you type in, if, if you type in USA Don't or have America high expectations. or July 4th, Something like that, you'll get a little bit off. This but shit never regardless works. Regardless of that, go to pro forward slash the chair shot. You can also find me on shit everywhere on the chair shot. Like, I'm like chair shot centric right now. You can holler at us on Three Man Weave, which comes out typically Tuesdays on chairshot.com around the blocks with Mike Knox. Of course, here I make my occasional appearance on Bandwagon Nerds when, you know, the suits don't block me from going on that show. But 
just just check out everything we got going on with the chair shop man it's a really cool website we've got a lot of cool activity we've got a lot of cool things going on and if you enjoy not just wrestling but pop culture you're gonna find something on the chair shot you like i guarantee it mr tunney where can they find you sir hey balls look at plaid bragging about all the content he's doing in front of you and me i know sheesh Motherfucker. Satana, you want to drop the 86 things you're doing or you're editing or you're working on or you want to do that or no, you're going to be a little humble. Chris, so y'all going to be mad at Chris, me because I'm a bad no, salesman. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That was what like. Doing? <laughs> Listen, I, I want to I wanna, I wanna promote this right here. I want to promote this show. Three of the hardest working guys in uh, the wrestling, writing, and podcasting, and entertainment business. We all try to get it done from different angles. We all approach it a different way. We all look forward to every time we come together. We know that we consider this going out to the bar and sitting next to one of your really good friends and having a drink and just talking about what you've enjoyed during the week. Right? I mean, how many times do we not talk about wrestling? We talk about sports. We talk about entertainment. We talk about stories in our life. We talk about food all the fucking time because everybody's life is centered around food. So, yes, three-man weave, definitely. DWI podcast, for sure. Uh, shout out to uh, the, the younger Belaz, AJ. He's been phenomenal. Love having him on the show. So, always enjoy working with you guys. TheChairShot.com forward slash, you know, uh, oh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot. See, everybody fucks up. And uh, check that out, angrylemonade.net. Is that a new hashtag? Everybody fucks up. At PC Tony. Yeah, the front Everybody is the front is at. Yeah, okay. that's my shirt. It's it's <laughs> it's a black shirt with white writing on the front. At PC Tony on the back on the back, it's white writing. It says everybody fucks up. There you go. <laughs> but instead of PF Tony, it says PF Changs. That's the fuck up. No. <laughs> Fair enough. All Tony was trying to say is all three of us, we're awesome. You listeners, <laughs> you're awesome. And we appreciate all of y'all listening. And let us know how you feel we about We finally this show. got a we title. Something new. Pod is war. All saying, three man. of us are awesome. Yeah, we were trying something new this evening, man, and trying to see it. You know, you throw much, you you throw as much shit as you can against the wall and see what sticks. So we'll see if this sticks. And if if you enjoyed it, let us know. If you didn't enjoy it, please let us know, so we won't do this shit again. Anywho, for Andrew Belaz, for the Commissioner PC Tunney, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. Thank you all for tuning in for this special edition of Pot Is War. We'll see you next week, same plat time, same plat channel. Until then, shalom. Tony, did you have something to add? What do you mean? Special edition. Okay, cool. Hit it, Carly.
PC Tunney really thought the best friends were going to win the AEW oh, title. Come on. That's like John Kasich becoming president of the United States. President John Kasich. Oh, let's and watch no a watch along where everybody knows exactly what's going to happen while we watch it. Like, oh, hey, we 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 listen, we re-listen to this podcast where they did a watch along. Oh, and they, oh, surprise, surprise, everybody knew it was going to happen. Nobody rooted for the wrong thing. That's fucking boring. Really? That's what you were doing? Okay, cool. That's a good cut point. No, that's a good cut point. Andrew going... That's a good cut point. <laughs> How long have we been doing this? And you still don't... You still don't believe in me, huh? <laughs> I know sometimes you try to be contrarian just to be contrary. I get it. We all say shit to stir the pot sometimes. Yeah. No, yeah. but here's the real cut point, in all honesty. Yeah, I, I, I thought they might win it tonight. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.